From TMP to TTNG For sure the cure and those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive. Mineral snowing high tide hotelier and more. Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore. Crack the herb real quick for me. All right, one, two, three. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. We're out of time, but whatever. Uh, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, dear Alex. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Sorry, I would have belted that That's more, but I went sound. to see Jawbreaker last night, and I'm fucking shot my voice is destroyed yo how was that oh my god the this is like the first show all tour that they didn't play uh an encore so i didn't get to hear want which is like the one jawbreaker song i wanted to hear that i didn't hear but aside from that it was the best show i've ever been to in my life because jawbreaker is my favorite band of all time and they played jet black and i like just melted onto the floor i went to the show with my girlfriend um and we were standing together and then Jawbreaker came on stage and started playing Boxcar. And my girlfriend was like, you disappeared. Like, you teleported to the front. <laughs> I was completely not in control. Well, where do we want to start? First of all, Kyle, did you manage to get a hold of any Yerb? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I fucking couldn't. I fucking couldn't. I couldn't get any Yerba Mate. And I'm really mad. Um, because as anyone who has talked to a member of CU Space Cowboy knows, Yerba Mate is how you get clout. That is the sweet, is. sweet oh. taste of clout. Clout juice. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. You don't even know. Like at shows on the West Coast, like Yerba Mate has been such a huge thing yeah. for a while. And like everyone just started noticing the yellow cans, the yellow cans, the yellow cans. And like it became a total thing. Like I'm, I'm who actually. started the trend? Plus homies. I want to say it was Alex Bigman who started the trend because he started. Wow. Most that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Holy moly. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's from, like, down here in SoCal, yeah, but I don't know if I've ever talked to Alex, like, face-to-face. I think like, he face lives to in face. Toronto now, um, but yeah, really? he's from, a, okay. he's from uh, Orinda. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, I I saw people drinking at VLHS, which was, like, the underground warehouse venue out here in Pomona, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't like coffee, 
so I started drinking Yerba Mate. <laughs> yeah, it comes up in like a bunch of my interviews where I'm like, oh, I don't like coffee, but I like Yerba Mate. And then we talk about Yerba Mate instead of coffee. But I try and like let people mention coffee shops because I know a lot of people are super into that. I'm a, I'm a barista. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> oh, How are you going to my profession like that? People come and diss Del Taco sometimes, and that really bums me out because I almost feel like I work at Del Taco. I'm there so much. <laughs> Do you ever, like, <laughs> offer to just jump behind the counter and you're like, don't worry, I've watched you enough that I know what I'm doing? I don't know. I kind of don't want to, like, ruin their flow, but... I do the drive-thru a lot because I'm usually going there like after a show at one in the morning. So like right. Del Taco stay open 24 hours, but it's only drive-thru after like 10 or 11. So like the one across the street from our venue, it's only till like 10:30, and our shows always go till after 11. So there's always like a car caravan that just heads over, picks everyone up food, and comes back. <laughs> I've Word. never had Del Taco. I've never seen one in real life. It's enjoyable. I ride really hard for Del Taco. I would love Del Taco to sponsor the podcast. I keep saying that. And like me and another friend had like an idea just to start a podcast about getting Del Taco to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> but I'm on their like I'm on their taste testing list. So every oh. once in a while I get an email being like, Hey, you come to our headquarters in Lake Forest and we do like tastings. And the last one I was supposed to do literally happened like around this time last year, but I was on tour, so I couldn't go. I haven't gotten an email since. I don't know. Maybe I like blew my chance. Is now a bad time to say that I hate Del Taco? You know what? It's <laughs> fine. I I don't blame people. Sometimes you have a bad experience. But I know <clears throat> the only other place they have them besides like they're popping up in the south now is Detroit. And I had Del Taco in Detroit and it just it wasn't the same. It wasn't terrible, but you know it wasn't the I, same. Like a couple of years ago I went on a road trip up to Big Bear and on the way back we rolled through Barstow. And, oh, I love Big Bear. Yeah, Big Bear. It was an awesome trip. And uh, one of the homies we were riding with, she was like, hey, we need to go to the Barstow Del Taco because it's the first Del Taco ever, and it's the best Del Taco. And That's um, what I've heard, too. I've never been there. Because apparently they give you, like, extra meat or whatever. So I we had this Barstow Del Taco. It tasted exactly like regular Del Taco. And then uh, <laughs> another one of my friends got his wallet stolen in the parking lot. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Welcome to Barstow, where the only things you, know, you do fun are go to Del Taco and leave Barstow. True, true. Oh, man. It reminds me of, uh, I know in JSOM, Melina got charged like $1,000 for like frozen food. It's in the second episode I did. Oh, yeah. And so they don't like Waffle House. And JSOM doesn't go to Waffle House. And that like blew my mind because whenever I could get Waffle House, if I'm somewhere else in the country, I'm going to go get it. Because we don't have Waffle House here in California. No, yeah, of course. I've never um, been there either. What? Are there no Waffle Houses in Wisconsin? In no, there's not one even near us. I don't. I I don't think they're in Illinois either. Really? I could have sworn my brother went to one in like super southern Illinois, but well, yeah, I don't know. Even but like that's, that's a different like world. Six hours away. Yeah. I mean, what I definitely special chains do they have by you, Kyle? Culver's. That is the one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We got to crack is that over now. Isn't Casey's around there too? Casey's is popping up here, yeah. Wait, what's Casey's? I don't even know what like the theme of the gas station is, but <laughs> <laughs> the lettering is like fucking like Western. Like it's, a, I don't know. I, I don't really know what they're going for, but they have, apparently they're like pizza's really good, but it's like a gas station. Yeah. 
no casey's pizza really? is like supposed to be like the the best fucking pizza i don't know i think like i think like a lot of like the midwest chains that people praise are like really overrated like for example skyline uh skyline chili in ohio fuck that shit i've never didn't even see that huh yeah i mean in like (laughs) really yeah are you are you sure it's not like the other way around? Like they 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 started out with the cans and then just started cooking those in the restaurant, and then they were like, "Hey, we can like create false scarcity and drive prices up by just making it restaurant only." And now they're releasing the cans back for like a limited time for like some sort of marketing scheme. Anything involving capitalism, I'm immediately skeptical of. Like, I it just has to be a conspiracy theory to me. <laughs> Uh, I feel like so with like Yerba Mate there's been another like competing brand that's been popping up in like Whole Foods and like the stores around here called Yachok I don't know if that's how it's pronounced but it's come up a couple times and like I don't like that stuff but I don't know who's pushing it because like they're doing better than like the yellow can Goyaki and I think there's definitely like yeah they're appearing in more stores there and like more normal grocery stores more gas stations will have Yachok than Yerba Mate Goyaki now it's kind of crazy. I, yeah, I think there is a conspiracy or some special thing pushing them there. But Yo, all right. I so, still like the the goyaki better. So I don't know if this is uncool to say, but like I kind of hope there's a brand that can at least make yerba mate more affordable, because <laughs> three dollars a can scares me away from drinking it like on the I'm, daily. You can buy cases on Amazon. But is it still? Oh like- man, I want to get into the case life. <laughs> Dude, Alex Bigman got like twelve cases of yerba mate delivered to a Toronto venue. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm trying to get a sponsorship. People at South by Southwest this year were getting yerba- hooked up with yerba mate, and I was like drinking free yerba mate at like uh, I want to say Community Records showcase. They got hooked up with yerba mate, and then there was like yerba mate popping up at some of the co-op shows at South by too. You know what's <sighs> weirding me? So I just moved to Austin like two days ago. And <sighs> yeah, apparently there is like no place to buy yerba mate in this entire fucking city. <laughs> I went everywhere. I, I think, can't find yerba. I think Whole Foods is like your uh, best option in Austin yeah, from what I, I remember. Was, I, I, we went to like H-E-B, which is like the, that's like yeah, the those spot. Are huge. Like it's supposed to have fucking everything. Nothing. Went to like a million gas stations. Nothing. Yerba mate is usually in like a different section at each store. Like, true. Like, like sometimes it's in the fucking health food. Sometimes it's in the teas and coffee aisle. Sometimes it's in the fucking just like miscellaneous soda, energy aisle. drinks. Homie, I scoured the place. I left no stone I do, unturned I in my search for the yerba. Yeah. I feel like when I went to HEB on tour, I got Club Mate there, which is like glass oh, bottle. Oh, and Club Mate of, is dope. There, there's yeah, a lot of Club that. Mate in Austin. I don't know if they have it by you, but I know they have a lot of it in Austin because people I know from Austin always talk about Club Mate mm-hmm. instead of like the Goyaki. There's just these regional things. Yeah, when I was making the list, I tried to pick things I thought we all might be able to find. Honestly, Kyle, I was surprised you found Topo Chico. My favorite grocery store is this thing that's only in Wisconsin. It's called Woodman's. It's it. It's kind of like a warehouse style grocery store where they have like a price point for everything. And I think they just have like gigantic distribution because they get like literally everything. So, except for Club Mate. But I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, yo, I should just request it and see if they can pull it off. But um, 
Yeah, they have everything. I want to say, like, Yerba Mate has, like, a bunch of, like, stuff on their website where, like, yeah, you can find out if they have, like, regional distributors that will, like, put it in stores by you. Because I had a friend who, like, books garage rock shows down here in Southern California, and he was working as one of those, like, regional product people for Yerba Mate for a minute. And so he was getting cases for his own shows. But then I guess he, like, quit that job because he hated driving around. It's an actual uh, job? Yeah, they'll oh. hire they hire people like regionally to like get it in the smaller stores and gas stations. So oh. like he got it into the gas station next to my venue because he knew people like who go to shows at Rift Mountain were gonna like go next door and buy your Bamate. So we can buy your Bamate <laughs> at the gas station next door, but it's marked up like fifty or seventy five cents. Yeah, because like Sprouts and Whole Foods, like they tend to have deals every once in a while. So Yo, that's how I get it. Sprouts. I'll buy like five at a time. What the fuck is Sprouts? But. Fuck sprouts. That's you love sprouts. sprouts. Whoa. Uh, it's sprout. just Whole Foods. It's just Whole Foods. Sprouts it's the same thing. It's, it's fucking. It's Kmart Trader Joe's. It's <laughs> fucking bullshit. My friend worked That's there a and good he way got to locked. It. He got locked in the goddamn uh, freezer, like the zero <laughs> freezer, for like ten minutes. And oh he literally, he literally would have died because he was closing. He was like pounding on the fucking door. Um, Holy and- crap. He only got out because somebody like came in the back to put another thing in the freezer. <laughs> oh. oh man, there's a Sprouts close to me, and that's usually where I like buy my yerba mate if I'm like in a rush. And there was uh, someone who was working as a checkout person there, and I used to see them all the time because I was there a lot. And then they showed up at show at a show at my venue one day, which was like really trippy. And uh, they just came up to me like, hey, you're a mate guy. Like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I run this place. Like, this is my venue. <laughs> it was so weird. No, it's not. You're, you're a mate guy oh, now. I know. But uh, we have this thing called Mother's Market down here in Southern California. And they actually have the cheapest price on your mate. It's like two fifty, And they don't charge tax. They treat it like food, which is awesome. Because California, as you probably like know, has like pretty high sales tax and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so, like, Mother's Market is uh, a godsend for that 250 yerba mate any day of the week. Always going with that uh, enlightenment. That's my favorite. What flavor too. did you get? You got that? Okay. Yeah. I don't like the orange. I mean, I would drink it, of course, but I think, like, orange is, like, the weakest of the three or four. How many are there? Um, I think there's four in the cans, and then they've been expanding the oh, yeah, flavors they- in the glass line. But they, they also yeah. have that sparkling shit now. Yeah, I mean, those are kind of weird. And I love I sparkling shit. I think those yeah, are weird. Yellow can or bust, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's where I am. That's yeah. where I am. Well, since we talked about Tobo Chico, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break one open. I bought right. a four-pack because we got a show tonight, so I know I'm going to drink the rest of them. But I got the with a twist of lime. Oh, I have Tobo with Chico, a twist of lime. Twist of lime has the... been expanding. Yeah, they've been expanding the I product flavor stuff. Yes. And... uh Two years ago, at my birthday show, my the drummer of my band brought me a twist of lime that he had like acquired, but it was not widely available in California. And so it feels very fitting that now, two years later, it was super easy for me to acquire this. I'm mm-hmm. so ready to pop it open. But when you pop yours open, be careful because they fizz really hard. And mm-hmm. so like it's a good chance it's going to overflow. So uh, I'm going to give I, this a shot here. I already cracked mine open. I cracked mine open too. Well, for listeners, if you're opening a Topo Chico... They are very fizzy. If you've been bumping it around in the car, I have Twist of Lime oh. in the fridge right now. I just have the original. 
I would crack open the twist of lime if my girlfriend wasn't like, no, let's save that for for both of us. Hey, I don't blame her. Topo Chico, twist of lime, good special occasion drink. So have, have you guys had like LaCroix and all like the other sparkling waters? Like, do you all like any of those? I like LaCroix. You, you mean LaCroix is fucking paint thinner. I hate that shit. <laughs> LaCroix is like, it, it's just art school soda. I hate it. Um, <laughs> this Topo Chico is pretty dope, though. Uh, every time I drink mineral water, I feel like I'm betraying my Midwestern roots. Um, what, Fago? <laughs> I mean, I'll ride for Fago. Not enough sugar. I, I do You're ride for Detroit. Fago. I, Alex, I don't know if you know this, but I'm from Detroit. That's why Kyle. Made oh, it. oh yeah, you gotta. Yeah. I I got that. I got that big, that big old red bottle when I was in Detroit on tour. Had to. <laughs> the red, the red Fago. Whoop whoop. Um. Wait, Kyle, you mentioned some other brand. Clarbrun. Y'all don't have Clarbrun. What's that? It's like the Pepsi distributed one. I Whoa. Think. Um, I've never no. even heard of that in my life. You've that is not in California. Oh, they they have more flavors than uh, LaCroix. Um, what? Oh, for sure, yeah. How have I not heard of this? Clarbrun. I'm pretty sure this is fucking Pepsi. Well, you know, like, sparkling waters, like, LaCroix and stuff are, like, a Midwestern thing. Like, my, my whole family's, like, from, like, the Chicago area. Yeah. And, like, my mom, oh, nice. when I started drinking LaCroix, she was like, oh, I remember this. Me and Grandma used to drink this all the time. And I was like, yeah, it's great. And so now she's been, like, buying LaCroix regularly again, which is, like, kind of nice. So I can just, like, pick up a pomplamoose or an apricot whenever I want if I'm stopping by my mom's house. <laughs> but, yeah, like, when it comes to that shit, I... I stick to lemon or lime. I don't get into like strawberry guava, and I mean I could deal with strawberry guava. It's actually like the citrus flavors that I dislike, like lemons and oranges and limes. I don't I don't really like citrus flavors. Don't know why that is? I think I just get like sick of them quicker if it's like fucking black cherry or something like that. But I mean, well, black cherry is just fucking overkill. That's yeah. Too yeah, yeah, yeah. Strawberry strawberry guava you just mentioned like that. Those those are perfect. Yeah, yeah those are some light flavors. Yeah. I like the lighter flavors. That's why I like the pomplamoose. The grapefruit's pretty light, and then the, the apricot flavor's pretty light. And also, I just, like, grew up yeah, drinking apricot. apricot juice my whole life. So, uh -huh. like, I love apricots. <laughs> but I only use, like, the lime or lemon ones if I'm going to, like, mix LaCroix with, like, you know, liquor or something. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not going to drink the citrus ones straight. Interesting. Yeah, I have, like, a – we have, like, a special drink at uh, – our venue that's like the off menu whatever which is like topo chico mixed with tequila which you call a topo tequila <laughs> and that's uh that's cute probably gonna be my preferred drink of the night tonight <laughs> at our emo night <laughs> oh well let's open up some actual food now because i'm starting to actually get hungry and i'm realizing my whole breakfast is about to be snacks yeah which is kind i've of been really hungry all day so i've already been snacking <laughs> i'm not gonna lie dude no problem. Well, so, like, I usually, like, wake up and drink Soylent. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but, like, yeah, yeah. I do that shit. I uh, that. Works for me. I mix it with a chocolate Ovaltine. It's great. Every Screamo <laughs> kid I know is hella into Soylent. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's a, it's a Screamo kid thing, for sure. <laughs> oh, I got to talk to, like, 
people in the screamer scene are go to a see space cowboy show when they get back uh remember see <laughs> space cowboy aren't screamo don't call them that oh uh, yeah that's true <laughs> but all the screamo kids go go to their show that's of course of course yeah yeah we need to take see space cowboy off our list kyle it's they're not fucking emo who's gonna replace them you get to start a sass grind podcast you know you know i fucking would you know i would <laughs> i would listen to it <laughs> just do like a five minute podcast i've been thinking about trying to do like a short thing like that where it's just like a short informational thing but actually i was thinking about doing it with vaporwave because i'm really into vaporwave <laughs> there's like so many weird cool. crazy would, things happening in vaporwave do, all the time i would love to do something like that with uh with sass grind uh seeing as i am like literally made of white belts i am composed <laughs> entirely of white belts from head to toe with a, a slight veneer of manic panic black hair dye so oh, oh man like one of my favorite local well, local podcast to listen to is called the Orange County Line and the big college radio station in LA KCRW does it and it's literally like four and a half minutes once a week goes like pretty in depth on like one certain local issue and like they kind of follow certain threads it's like right now we're dealing with a lot of homelessness issues in Orange County because all the rich people in Southern Orange County don't want to help with the homelessness problem and like it's so great and it's just like super quick super informative and sometimes I wonder if like doing like hour and a half, two hour long podcast just like turns people off because I'm like pretty new to this. But I know like I have no problem listening to long things because I drive around my car all day for my job. How do y'all feel about doing like you guys do some pretty long podcasts? Yeah. Have some uh, pretty long episodes. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to the Tom Mullen episode. Holy shit. Yo, I love that one, though. Me, me too. I think that's like our most underrated episode. Yeah, when like, it comes to no, plays to quality. Almost no one listened to it in comparison. And it makes no sense. Really? Yeah, because yeah, Tom's a huge name. but um, and, Yeah. And Tom promoted it. I, I get the feeling like Tom's not as like big on podcasts in general. He's just kind of done his forever. Because like, I've like, been like, hey, I got my podcast. Like, check it out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll check it out. And then, But like he also you know says in like some of his interviews, like, I don't listen to podcasts much. I really like the fest interview though that he just put out. Like it really, really I'm makes you want to go to fest. One. Yeah. Tony. Oh, I, I want to go to fest so bad. I have not been, and I know this year is going to be like super crazy. Cause like tons of like people I know are playing and everyone put out great albums this year. So I got to find a way to get there. That's all I needed to hear to be. Oh my gosh. Yes. Hey, you're part, you're part of, of it. <laughs> I've seen them mm. twice since they've reunited, and it's just, I don't know. I'm like kind of like a rebirth piebald stan now, and I did <laughs> not see that coming ever. Huh, I, I never really. Everything they've done is so good. Um, You'll have to send me a specific recommendation, because I never really got that into piebald. Wait, I love what? cursive. It's just one of those things. I don't know. It's like one of those bands like that I just like never listened that deeply to. But I love cursive. I interviewed Tim Casher when I did college radio oh. and did like an acoustic session with him. It was so cool. And I got him to play the martyr. And this was like oh. 2011 or 12. Oh. And that song was like almost 10 years old at that point. And he was like, yeah, I'll totally do that. It was so cool. Like <laughs> cursive oh, is yeah, my college favorite radio. band. I, I have like that. old cursive shirts I wear on the reg still. Hell yeah. If I'm going to recommend a piebald album, I'd 100% say that you should start with uh, We Are The Only Friends That We Have. That one's yeah. all like pop bangers, but uh, yeah, pretty much. 
Um, I mean, I recommend it mostly because it has American Hearts on there, which is like their hit, mm-hmm. like ever that song. Mm-hmm. Was Piebald from the West Coast? Or I think it's no. Else? They're from they're from Amherst. They're fr- they used to play. Oh, with, okay, okay. They used to play with Converge all the time in the nineties. Yeah. Oh. Kurt, Kurt recorded at least one of their albums, which is pretty wild to think about. Yeah, they also they have a definitely... split with Caven too, which is yep. weird for them, but not really. I mean, they started off pretty heavy. Yeah, like when you listen to their fucking uh like that huge collection of all their old shit that they have mm-hmm. the three volume one i'll have to go I, I wrote it down i'll have to check it out i love all the pauses yeah. whenever someone's obviously taking a sip of topo chico <laughs> oh and well so what's great about topo chico i mean well, maybe not great is like you get those like sparkling water burps uh, like yeah, yeah. it just feels like a really it's good release okay uh, yeah, i'm like really thick burps like i don't know i love burping like when I've dated people, I've had to be like, by the way, I just burp openly. Like I'm not holding it back. I don't hold back on burps. <laughs> okay, I'm actually getting anxious about this, so I want to get uh, the try and the kombucha out of the way because. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, I've never right. tried kombucha in my this entire is, life. This is this is gonna be great to have on on fucking recording. I mean, I already I've already cracked it open and like smelled it, and it smells fucking vile. <laughs> like. Yeah, it's from it's from it smells, it smells like a corpse. Um, <sighs> all right. Oh my god. Did you get a flavored one? No, I got kombucha original okay. because <laughs> why would I not try the original? There's <laughs> shit on the bottom. I'm yeah. not looking forward to this. Wait, did you, you guys shake it up a little bit? <laughs> I thought it got shooken up in the car. It was kind of a bumpy ride. Probably did, but you you won't want the sediment hanging out on the bottom. That's all like good fermented stuff good bacteria probiotics yeah Christ. i had i had a partner oh like, uh, this fizzes too oh <laughs> i had a partner that made kombucha when we were living together for a while and so they Why? went and got a scoby from that's, someone that's and it was pretty wild have you seen what a scoby looks like so like the mother so oh I started gosh, brewing kombucha nasty. like a couple months ago. So I've got a fucking scoby farm, basically. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like living that life now. All right. Yeah, it's pretty stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be very, very careful with this kombucha. <laughs> I'm about to take my first sip. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting this to be so much worse. It d- doesn't taste nearly as strong as it smells. No. What does it remind you? I mean, it really do- almost doesn't taste like anything. I don't know, just very uh it's literally just green tea. I don't know what the fuck you want me to say. <laughs> like it has has That's strong so weird. Earth, has strong earthy tones. I can feel it resting in the back of my tongue, high acidity level. Um I feel like this would pair oh, well with some sort cool. of uh some sort of a, a banana walnut muffin, I believe, or maybe a cheese mm. danish. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I have, to, I have to bullshit <laughs> so much at work. I love it. Like, fuck you. What the? What does this coffee go well with? A cigarette. Fuck you. Um, mm. Yes. Topo Chico goes well with cigarettes. Uh, really? <laughs> I mean, I smoke menthols, so oh, they go thank well. You. They go well with thank they go well with you. any like sparkling effervescent drink. Everyone, <laughs> I love smoking menthols. No one bums off me. Um, 
people are so desperate here because the prices went up a year ago. They don't even care anymore. How much Not are everyone's... they? Um, well, we passed a tax increase um, in the last election, and if you get deals, it's like eight bucks a pack. But people who smoke like American Spirits are paying like ten dollars a pack. That, it's pretty that's pretty crazy. That's it is here too. So like a bunch of people and like I know a bunch of people see Space Cowboys smoke like spirits and other stuff and like it's expensive out here. Yeah, see Jesse from CU Space Cowboy literally fucking reamed me for smoking menthols. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, that's fucking <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Je- like, and I, I know, I know. Timmy, really Timmy the bass player, has bummed them off of me. <laughs> Made me feel really bad because like Jesse's a great person. I really look up to them, but they oh. were ju- they were just like you smoke menthols. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you know, that kills you faster than normal cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fiberglass, right? <laughs> Did y'all ever listen to Jesse's old band Recluse? Yep, 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 yep. The band was so good. Oh my god. Did you listen to uh, their band even before that? What was it called? Um, I don't, I don't remember the name, but they were like sending me links, links to their shit on Facebook Messenger, and they were like, like Jesse was like twelve years old doing vocals for this band, and they were like oh opening God. up for like the fucking Ghost Inside. They were, they were scene core. They were definitely scene core. <laughs> oh my like, gosh! Oh, I don't, I don't know about that deep of history. <laughs> I, do, I do remember the the emo band that Timmy the bass player was in called Kip. I really liked that band. Yeah. They were like a South Orange County, like a twinkly emo band. Rip Kip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesse's literally been like, I get into fights with Timmy because Timmy likes fake emo. <laughs> yes. Twinkle, oh, yeah. Twinkle is fake emo, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So we do our own emo night here just because, like, all the emo nights, like, suck really badly. And I don't know if you know Omar Romero, who played on, like, Heritage Unit and Dreamcast. Yep. Like, me and Omar, like, kind of, like, got it together. And the whole idea is, like, we're, like, not playing, like, what you hear at, like, the Brooklyn emo night shit. And, like, we, like, straight up spin just, like, screamo and other shit for, like, 30 minutes straight. Last time we did a Cali Power Hour, we played, like, all California, like, DIY, screamo, hardcore, and emo bands for, like, an hour straight. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Omar also in Divinity Cove, or no? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh my god. That band, that band was really, really good. They're like, I, I'm, re- I'm really, really sad that they don't exist anymore. Yeah, right now Omar's playing in a band called West America. That's like mm-hmm. this really crazy like noise band who uh, plays some like good, good jams and like sort of emo-y stuff. But they're, they're pretty wild. They play a lot of shows like Bridgetown DIY and like the smell and places in LA Bridgetown DIY they they all seem like such good people yeah I'm I'm not totally sure who's all regularly volunteering now I don't know I don't know there's a lot of shows happening and like the shows are like more diverse than ever because back in the day like a lot of the original people that like maybe all know at Bridgetown especially people like La Bella and like cool bands like that like Mm -hmm it was a lot of like heavy music going down at Bridgetown and the last couple of years it's changed a lot where like it's all sorts of shows from all genres it's so cool and like I'm glad that's been happening in the DIY scene more because like the angle I kind of came from when I first like got into in high school was like 
weird pop bands, noise bands, emo bands, hardcore bands. Everyone kind of played the same shows. Yeah. Or the same places. Acoustic bands would be playing with like, you know, pop punk bands. Like my band opened up for Delay at a house show in Cleveland, like back in like 2009 or 10. And we were like a ukulele, like folk punk band. Uh. <laughs> and sorry, but Fuck remember you. 2000. But remember 2009, like that was like huge. <laughs> sure. And so like, it's it's super interesting to like think back to those times. And like on my podcast, I've talked to a lot of people I met during that like first era I did of touring when I was playing like acoustic all the time. And uh, DIYs a lot of really loud bands, a lot of the time now, which kind of like bums me out sometimes. I would really, really like it if more hardcore bands uh, were playing with Twinkle bands again. Like, I agree. Because some, that. like some yeah. of the mixed bills back in the day were just like fucking insane. Like I just said, like Piebald playing with Converge. That's wild. Um, yeah. Or like, uh, I know there was one that was like Saves the Day and Poison the Well back Saves in the, the day. Saves the Day and Bane. Saves the Day and Bane, but that was a tour. Oh um, really? Yeah, that was the whole tour. Uh, Dashboard, Dashboard Confessional yep. opened up for hardcore bands a lot. Yep. Um, Tom always talks about that. Yeah. Uh, on a, like legit cred to Chris. Fucking <laughs> word. Uh, <laughs> yerb. Um, I lost my train of thought. That burp like rocked my world. Uh, <laughs> I want to try this Airheads mystery flavor. Yes. Oh, okay. So I have an Airheads Bites pack, and it says, can you guess the flavor of each bite? So on the episode I did with Roar, Owen looked it up because we weren't really sure, like, what the deal is with them. And, yeah, they just take the leftover production, they mix it together, and then they just don't dye them. Yeah. So it could be any flavor, or it could be a mix of flavors. What the fuck are these? Airheads Bites are not little square Airheads. They're fucking around... M&M's looking things. What the fuck is this? No, I got a full. I got like a full s- stick of Airhead. Got I couldn't find a full stick, and I thought these bites were just gonna be like little squares, like pieces of sticks. And instead, they're round M&M shaped things. This is like tripping me out really hard right now. But it's still soft like an Airhead. I feel like a bite-sized Airhead just seems wrong. Like you don't just want to keep popping this in. Yeah, this is definitely the blue flavor. This first Airheads bite, which I'm now not endorsing. Get the full size ones. I haven't eaten Airheads in literally 10, 12 years. It's not an exaggeration. That means you haven't ordered a record from Polyvinyl that whole time. Whoa, that's true. That's Called also out. true. That's yeah. really like no, a lot of I my don't, Airhead. I don't so fucking order records from Polyvinyl. Are you kidding? Fake emo bullshit. <laughs> they put out Post. Post was a good record. Yeah, they put out Rosenstock shit. They put out indie shit. Actually, actually, I bought that Ska Sucks 7-inch when Jeff put it up on the Bandcamp, and that's pretty tight. Same here. But I didn't buy Post, but I bought the Ska Sucks 7-inch, and I was pretty stoked. I like got in on that before it sold out. I bought Post <laughs> from the UK because it was a rare variant, and I'm a piece of shit. What? Oh. I don't really ever think about variants, but the... Just Friends Rock to the Rhythm album was reissued by like the, the skate shop here in Orange County that does like lit ass shows program. Program? Oh, it's, I, I, I yeah. fucking watched so many YouTube videos of that of that place. Uh, yep. 
and when people don't understand why program's so huge, that's why I tell them is like people watch YouTube videos of shows that program and like see yeah. these crazy ass shows that have happened in the past. And like everyone wants to play there. I get so many people who hit me up and I'm like, well, I have my venue, like I'm like a mile and a half away from program. Aww. So it's super funny. There'll be shows like, you know, two shows going on at the same time. But I know Chris and the owners. I love those guys. They let me book so many shows there like back in the day and like, they're probably like the biggest like supporters of like any pretty much facet of the punk like local music scene hardcore hip-hop indie stuff emo stuff i mean those guys are like heroes and uh ephraim is in death by stereo he's one of the co-owners oh, okay but yeah program's legendary and it will keep being legendary i think <laughs> <laughs> but it's also in the same plaza where this venue called the hub used to be and the hub is like where like all the Fullerton like punk bands from the 80s played and where like uh, oh, who was it Hello Goodbye something corporate bands of like that era oh, chain reaction, <laughs> and they played the hub in Fullerton and they played Chain Reaction my Bonnie lies over the ocean so I was in a really deep hole of like Hello, Hello Goodbye related stuff last night because I'm doing a podcast with In Defense of the Genre where we're going to talk about one of the songs from that EP. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can and want I used to, to go... podcast them too. Oh, yes. I'm so stoked. And like, so Hello Goodbye is from here where I'm from and I used to go to their shows all the time in high school. They like released like a DVD and I went to the DVD release show and I'm in the DVD like at the show that's recorded on the DVD <laughs> at the House of Blues. And so I just was going in like a super deep hole of Hello Goodbye and like early 2000s Orange County doing like research and getting ready to like do the podcast with them next week. And like, it was a little scary. I was like finding bands where I was like, oh, I can't believe I lost this CD. Like, how do I find this CD? Who do I hit up on Twitter to get like digital copies of that file? Because there's all these like old records and EPs I can't like find online and no one's put them on like Spotify or any of that shit yet. Uh, Soul like, Seek, you tried Soul Seek. Uh, yeah, that was the first place I tried actually. And I just oh, you know what's wild? Like, what's wild is that like Hello Goodbye literally existed in the same scene as Eighteen Visions for a hot minute there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, got my obligatory Eighteen Visions mention in episode. I mean, I I didn't realize he recorded an EP for Never Shout Never because <laughs> I was not in Hello Goodbye into Hello Goodbye at that point. I think it was 2010. That, I was never super it. into Never Shout Never, but Eat Me While I'm Hot was fucking dope. Eat Me While was I'm Hot that? was a good band. I mean, like, not actually, like, not actually a good band, but they were fucking dope, if you know what I mean. So what was everyone's mystery? I, I'm pretty sure mine was 100%, like a mix. The first one I had was definitely the blue flavor. The one I'm munching on right now, it's definitely a mix. Mine, mine was absolutely a mix. It was, uh, I ate it really fast though because, like, I felt like because it was, it was like one of those big strips, and so it was just like gumming up my whole mouth, and I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna be able to talk for the rest of the episode if I eat this at a reasonable pace. Uh, so I just like gobbled it up. Why are like, airheads called airheads? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I was really waiting there for Alex seem to come to, in with the explanation. There doesn't seem to be a logic. Yeah, you think that's something I would like? No, I, I can't think of any logical explanation, and it definitely didn't come up when we were looking it up on that episode. And honestly, 
on that episode, I wasn't the one looking the info up. Like Owen really, really wanted to find out. Because <laughs> I just kind of have accepted the reality that like white mystery was like supposed to be a mystery. These Airheads bites are working out well for like talking. Because yeah. I can just pop one and chew it really quick. But now I think all the flavors are just starting to mix because they're all sticking in my mouth and in my teeth. Yeah. So now it's just like there's no white mystery flavor. It's just like all the flavors are just hanging around. I do not back these Airheads bites at all. <laughs> Bite another one. You I'm, I'm pretty boy. excited for these uh, purple Doritos here. Yeah. Yes. These so, are the vegan yeah. Doritos. Yeah. This is why I chose this one. Also because it's purple, and I really like that the other chips were purple. Uh, which purple I didn't manage color. to get, so I just got the salt and pepper kettle chips. That is mm. like Korean barbecue. But yes, the spicy sweet chili flavored Doritos are vegan. And uh, they're delicious. I'm definitely ready to munch on one of these. Oh, so good. These are good. These are good as fuck. Mm. They're, they're not even like spicy, honestly. No, but they're like smoky. Yeah. It tastes more like a real tortilla chip, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like nacho cheese ones, like I don't know, Cool Those Ranch, like really like scary, you know. I'm gonna give one. Like, to my I love dog. Cool Ranch, but the nacho cheese ones don't even taste like anything to me anymore. I can just like inhale them, like. Oh my god. And the the severity ones are like spicier than this. This still isn't spicy, like this still yeah. isn't. This isn't a spicy chip, but it's still spicier than the Dorito spicy nacho flavor. Really. Mm-hmm. Salsa Verde, I think, is a little bit spicier than this. But this is good. I mean, I should get these more. I wonder if this is too spicy for, like, my mom to handle. She's just, like, so white bread Midwest. But, like, I don't buy don't too bags much of chips to keep around. Yeah, no, totally, though. That's, like, the scary thing. Like, she tries to make chili with, like, turkey in it, and it's just, like, it's not spicy at all. And it looks really, like, thin and weak. Mm. And it's just like, ugh. Does your mom cook for Skyline? <laughs> no, she just cooks for herself. Yeah, I'm going to get so much shit. I'm going to get so much shit from the fucking Ohio kids. <laughs> How dare you shit on Skyline? Fuck you. I want to try it now. I've, I've literally had no one even mention that to me. But I've had some like interesting alternate options like brought up like GitGo. I've never been to a get-go, but, like, I definitely did see them going through, like, Western PA. But have either of you been to a get-go? I never I heard of it. Really, I really regional never heard of until, it. No. Until yeah, I think they're they really did. regional. But I go to QTs, which a lot of people from the Southwest bring up because those are huge in Arizona. And they have Rooster Booster, which I mentioned multiple times, which is yeah. just crazy fucking energy drink and if you ever get a chance to try rooster rooster people you should shit fucks you up it's not as bad as redline and uh if you've heard anything about redline that shit what is like redline you're only supposed to drink half of the bottle and it's just like it has a fuckload of caffeine and other stuff in it at south by southwest a lot of us were drinking it because everyone was so fucking tired by the end of the days and like you drink like half a bottle of Redline and you'd be like shaking. It's like is me this, and the Prince Daddy guys. So we're like sharing is this like them a five and like, hour stuff energy like that. shot kind of thing, or is this like a full can sort of thing? It's it's like the size of like a cough syrup bottle. It's weird, yeah. It's cut to the chase and drink cough syrup, you cowards. <laughs> it, it it really <laughs> fucks you up. Like I was lining out. It was like the end of the day at 
for the counterintuitive record showcase and someone gave me one because i was like dying and we were all heading to another show after that and so i drank half of it and i was just like holy shit like what is happening right now <laughs> like i just was like starting to shake and like that doesn't usually happen because like i only drink yerba mate and uh i don't get it it's from <laughs> so yerba mate you know clout. so much clout <laughs> bleeding from your west coast right hey now. west coast doesn't get enough cred i actually so i made like a little list of like things i wanted to like mention and talk about i definitely want to be like yo there's not a lot of west coast perspective be it in like podcasts even on like the subreddit and like facebook groups and stuff like i feel like the west doesn't get enough cred like not, yeah we're getting cred really? with like just friends and mom gene right now but like there's so many good bands from the west coast and there has been for a long time like since the beginning of the emo revival but i think that's I, because there's too many of them we can't when keep you up. say Facebook, when you say, say Facebook, I immediately think of like all the screamo Facebook groups I'm in, and West Coast definitely gets rep constantly. Yes, for scre- for screamo, yes, definitely for screamo, yes. Like everyone is always like, like fucking Cali with a K, screamo. Yes, Cali yeah. with a K. I'm I bat Cali with a K. What the fuck yeah. is Cali with a K? <laughs> That's just it's just spelled you spell California is. with a fucking K. But yeah. why? Just for it's like fun? regional. It's like regional pride. Yeah, it's not okay. a genre. Okay. It's not a sound. But like, it's kind of yeah, like a regional Cali, pride thing. Cali with a K is definitely not like SASS, where yeah, there's a sound not, attached to the, to the dumbass name. I so. actually, I have a a YouTube channel I started called Cali Sound Underground, and it's Cali with a K, where I'm just posting like full album videos of like California DIY bands and like you know folks from like local scenes and some of them are like older records some of them are like stuff that's just come out that's just like not on youtube and like there's like so much good old like music from like the late 2000s from like southern california northern california the scenes that like joyce manor and touche amore came out of and stuff like that yeah i've seen touche amore like fucking 12 times i love that band I've never seen them, but I've met multiple members of the band. <laughs> How does that work? How do you not see Touche? They go to local shows. Well, they yeah, play big shows not now. They don't play small shows now. Oh, yeah. That's true. So I moved back to Southern California in 2013. And oh, then like, got yeah. back into the music scene again. But I got into like the DIY scene through the internet in like 2007, 8, and 9. And knew like a lot of the people in the folk punk scene. And I just totally missed the beginning of the emo revival because I was in college. <laughs> I was in the Bay Area when like Just Friends and all those bands and Happy Diving were getting started, but I didn't meet them until I moved away. Yeah, and so I got like... super involved in the scene and like DIY again when I graduated and came back to Southern California. Back in like 2009 or 2010, a lot of Spute and Touche Amore did like this tour, and uh, I saw them twice on it. Once I saw them play with fucking Envy. And then another another I saw him play with Loma Prieta. So that was just like and yeah. remember back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, that is like legitimately elite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. first time I saw Touche was at a DIY spot and it was Touche, Balance, and then White Wives, which was a anti flag side project. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> I don't know what they were doing on that tour or anything, but it was like I, I don't know. It was, Did they sound like anti-flag? It was like slower anti-flag. It was like Gross. all mid-tempo. What? They the, kept, only, they kept the only way I can shit. sit through anti-flag Ugh. is because it's just so fast. Right. 
I, or I guess not super fast or anything. Like they're not like crust or grind or whatever, but they're just like super not like completely ineffectual, fast paced, poppy punk. And that's like what makes it like easy to go down is because of like its speed. It's not too much of a commitment to listen to an anti-flag song. Yeah. Listen to like a full mid tempo anti-flag song, like a three to four minute anti-flag song. I want to fucking kill myself. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it like, sounds it, like them vocally, but musically it's not very anti-flaggy. I don't know. It obviously didn't take off because no one's heard of White Wives, but yeah. Yeah, no one had heard of White Wives until the point where like you didn't even wait for anyone to ask about White Wives. You were just like, let me tell you about White Wives. <laughs> they're they're a side project. Like there was no assumption of prior knowledge Mm-mm. of that band. Mm-mm. I mean, there's a. A bunch of like bands that I didn't really get into until I moved back here that I like heard about when I was living in the Bay Area because I was throwing house shows like Joyce Manor like they were playing shows with like people I knew who would play at my house shows but I never like listened to them until I moved back to Southern California and I guess back then they would have been like Koala Cost was one of the bands they were in and like mm-hmm. Fever Kids and Fever like stuff Kids like that. Fever Kids was the one with uh, Elliot from Touche right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, now, Mr. Dad Puncher's uh, warm thoughts. <laughs> One of the songs on Cody was a Fever Kids song. Really? I didn't really listen to Cody much. I mean, I, mean, I heard it in like the van on tour, but Cody is like that's interesting. My least favorite Joyce Manor album by so far. A, by yeah. far. Steps is that what it's called or something? Huh. That's wild. Yeah, I have like some old Koala Cost albums like on that YouTube channel. And the first time I ever saw Joyce Manor was when they stepped in. I think they filled in for Weatherbox, who had to drop from Growing Up as Dumb 2, which is like this big fest that Lauren Records used to put on. And they were playing an acoustic set, like in this big VFW hall. And like kids were like crowd surfing and going fucking nuts. And I was just like, what is happening right now? Like asking people around me, because this was like less than a year after I'd moved back to Southern California. And I was like, so this band is like really that big a deal. And they played Heart Tattoo, and like literally the whole room like freaked out. And obviously, yeah, Joyce Mayer is huge now, but like Barry still sometimes comes to local shows, and he shows up on my suggested friends thing all the time on Facebook. It's really <laughs> weird. He still has a real profile, huh? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. he does. Well, anyway, why are we talking about Joyce Manor? I thought this was an emo podcast. Dude. <laughs> SoCal, that's why. Southern California. <laughs> oh, but yeah, they used to play with like Summer Vacation. It was a fucking great band. Yeah, and then they became Winter Break. Did you guys get into Winter Break? That album was so good. I, I have that album. It's good. Oh, uh, yes. The, I was really into Shinobu, that yeah. band. Dude, Shinobu's yeah. great. I'm going to talk to Bob for the podcast soon because oh, he lives shit. down here in Southern yeah. California. Yeah, I actually, when Bob was playing in diners for a minute, I picked him up at a train station in Anaheim and like hung out with him for like the whole day like before the show and then he like jumped in the van with diners so Dude. I actually picked Bob up at a train station once do you ever listen <laughs> to his raps uh what is it Baboso Baboso is yeah. so sick yo Dude. big shouutouts out to Baboso everyone should listen to that everyone should listen to the song where he does a feature Jeff. with Jeff Rosenstock yes I was just I, about to say I'm that I'm pretty sure like nobody knows about that but like Jeff's fucking mean. verse on that is so good is fucking fire. Ah, uh, Satorial Panache is the name. I got Satorial <laughs> Panache. Maybe I'm just colorblind. 
Jim. Yeah, as long as you have him. I tried to get Bob to do like a Baboso set at a show once. He said no. People have tried to make Baboso like do live performances again because he did do live performances at one point. But Bob's in some new band. I forget what the name is. I was listening to them like a week or two ago. They just put out a demo. Well, Narboots isn't a new band. Okay. No, he has some new band that has, uh, I think, one of the members of Lear, maybe? I'm not sure. Oh, okay. shit? I don't remember exactly, but it's I think it's on, like, Fat and Funky website. Fat and Funky's Bob's label. Yeah. And that's put out tons of cool stuff. But, yeah, Bob's been playing in diners again. He that's... makes orange. He makes his own orange sauce, which I talk about on the show a lot. I fucking love orange <laughs> sauce. And I'm really trying to get him to bring his orange sauce to, like, the interview when we get together to do it. <laughs> So I gotta like, I'm kind of like waiting to make sure he has some on hand before I like officially ask him to schedule an interview. Because I've been waiting to try this like for like a, a year at this point. I really like, want to try mumbo sauce, which I know is completely different. But speaking of like sauces, I really yeah, want to try mumbo I, sauce. Me too. I've been hearing about that, and I like it's a DC uh, thing, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they eat like I think with like chicken wings and fried chicken a lot and like on french fries and like oh yeah that is something i super want to try we something that i don't want to try like in not in dc like i don't want to see it like bottled and and on the shelves in madison i i don't want to try it that way i want to try like the real deal shit first yeah exactly yeah whenever i go to san jose which is where orange sauce originates i buy a bottle and bring it back and we have a bottle sitting in the fridge at the venue, and I use it on the, my Del Taco all the time. But hey, what are the odds that some like dipshit is gonna pop up in our Twitter mentions and be like, "Why don't you guys want to try Szechuan sauce?" Did either of you try it? No, no, I, I I did. You did? I had to, of course. I mean, I don't watch, I don't really watch Rick and Morty, but like, it was a limited edition sauce. Like, I didn't do it on no? principle. On principle, because I fucking hate Rick and Morty fans, and I always have. Mm. Yeah, my favorite my favorite song on the new Monchins album is the Pickle Bart song, and that's a terrible song title. But I like it that is. Song. Yeah, it we talked about really that. Uncomfortable. <laughs> I I was in full agreement. And I mean, low key, I also think the album art's not that good either. But there's some bangers on it. High key, I agree. The back half's <laughs> good, and I'm glad there's a lot of good back halves on records this year because a lot of times you just don't get a lot of good back halves. I think the nothing but love cover art is also kind of atrocious. But it like fits. I, have I feel like both of those covers fit what the band is all about aesthetically and all that shit. Have you, did you guys ever watch that like I forget the name of it, but like Rob Zombie made this like animated movie like <laughs> several years ago. I don't remember the name of it because I don't actually care that much about Rob Zombie, but I specifically remember like the drawing and animation style of that looks exactly like the nothing but love album cover. <laughs> Really? Huh. So I was like kind of expecting like Just Friends to go in a fucking like I don't know, white zombie esque direction on a on this record. I mean they've had like a lot of cool art and like little logo guys and stuff over the years. And so like Just Friends happen like throws a lot of curveballs, I think. Like I have so many Just Friends shirts because Sam just always gives them to me and they always have extras at the end of their tours. And like I have some like really crazy and cool looking just friend shirts, like purple tie dye with like green neon green screen printing on it. That's like little emoji looking things, and I don't know. Their their merch is like their merch game is on point. It's important sometimes. 
dude, a lot of bands are just like on the road or even locally here in Southern California, they just sell lots of t-shirts and they're like t-shirt stores. We're going back to those days where like every band had like a hot topic wall of t-shirts behind them. Yeah, for sure. I, like, I mean, shout outs to my guys in Ridgeway. I love those boys and they practice, you know, at my venue and I've released stuff for them and like, they're super good and their new stuff is going to be super fire. But like they have so many t-shirt designs. I have so many Ridgeway shirts as well. It's hilarious. I just I want the I want the neon shirt design style to come back. Like I want like the rocket and glamour kills style to come back with with shirt design. This is a genuine fish. I I have a, a Panic at the Disco shirt from 2006 that I got in high school, and I think the blue was brighter back then. But like it is very kind of like neon scene sort of in design and it's only printed on like the bottom right portion so like on the right side of my like stomach and printed from the bottom of the shirt up it's super weird print but like I think neon could come back but it's just so associated with bro culture now I was ruined neon for everyone and like EDM will never let go of it because like still when I see like neon like when I see neon colors, the first thing that pops into my head is forever the sickest kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that pops into my head when I see neon colors. I'm like, oh, underdog alma mater. Yeah, I know the name of that fucking album. Don't judge me. <laughs> Why do I put myself in these situations? I feel you. I feel you, Jonathan Cook. You know the lead singer forever the sickest kids. I found him on LinkedIn. He does real estate now. He has real estate. He does real estate. Wow. Yeah. You can make money doing it. Wish I had a job that paid real money. <laughs> doing music and DIY just does not pay any bills. <laughs> Question: What kind of cheeses did everyone get? Oh, I went with yeah. original because um, I already had them. Original. Yeah. So when I was like at the grocery store, I didn't want to buy a giant box because I didn't want to have to eat the whole box. And then I was went to the gas station to get like a smaller bag, and they didn't have the the flavor i wanted so they do these things called duos now yeah and they have like a cheddar and bacon they have like a parmesan and cheddar one and the parmesan and cheddar one's my favorite the bacon one's not very good but i ended up just getting normal white cheddar cheese it's to match, uh, match my uh pasty complexion am i wrong or did they stop making the spicy jalapeno ones they put them in the snack mix, I think. They have spicy Cheez-Its in, like, one of the they snack have, mix bags. They have Pepper Jack still, but... Remember they when they had Tabasco? Yeah, 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 yeah. The spi- yeah, and they don't have that anymore either. That's fucking infuriating. Oh, um, wow. It but anyway, I, novelty. anyway, I got extra extra toasty. The best, Ooh. honestly. Yeah, the yeah. Best. Really? Oh, yeah. I, love, I love burnt things, like burnt popcorn. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just really like the texture and the the extra like bitterness. I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I used to have like really intense debates over toasting buns to people, and it's not because I don't want my buns toasted, but I don't want them like super <laughs> crispy. I just want them kind of warm and sort of like, you know, sort of that like shell without the burn. Yeah. Like I always get my bagels like lightly toasted, and like like the bagel place I go to that like. I'm a regular at now. They get it. But if I go somewhere else, it's just too toasted. The cream cheese gets extra melty and it squirts yeah. all yeah. out of the bagel. That, oh, I love that. Into my mustache. I love that. That's not good. Well, I, I don't mind getting it in my mustache and it looks hilarious if I'm like driving. But yeah. like, 
I just like don't want it all to squirt out, and so then all the future bites don't have cream cheese. You know, those future bites need cream cheese. Oh, then they're not putting enough cream cheese on it if it's all squirting out. And I yeah. asked for my bagels double toasted. Double toasted. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know I'm a fucking monster, and I get garlic and herb yeah. cream cheese on an on an Asiago bagel. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely back that. Double toasted Asiago garlic and herb cream cheese. Fuck yeah, mm. that's what you do. That's how you do. Dude, okay. I love salt bagels. I've mm-hmm. never had salty. one. Where mm. can I get that shit? Does like Einstein's or something like that is around me? I guess. I think I've gotten them at Einstein's before. Do they not have the pretzel? They bagels? go out pretty quickly because people actually like salt bagels, like the bagels mm-hmm. with the big, nice, chunky pretzel salt on it. I've oh, heard no. about this. Oh, sweet and salty. I love sweet and salty. Um, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I hate toasted subs. Really? <laughs> yeah. I never want a, a toasted sub. I don't. I don't want cold cheese on my sub. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I want that. If I'm eating like an Italian, well, if I'm eating like an Italian, I'm cool with cold cheese. If it's like cold cuts, I'm cool with cold cheese. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I worked at Jersey Mike's and I used to get free sandwiches all the time. It was great. Right. <laughs> In general, I don't really like cold sandwiches though. Like I do prefer oh, really? hot stuff, oh, like okay. pizza and, and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather the bread already be like crunchy and firm instead of having to like toast it yeah but, for sure oh you know we've got good sourdough bread out here i used to live in the bay area and so obviously like all sorts of like great bakeries and like shit and like living in berkeley it's like you know such a foodie place yeah it's mm-hmm. like awesome i could go to the farmer's market like multiple times a week and just walk i i, I very much miss that because i used to eat better <laughs> now i just <laughs> eat garbage and drink soylent because the soylent gives me my health and then the garbage makes me feel fulfilled yeah. So <laughs> let's. I'm in Wisconsin, so dairy is all around me. Like, and I know mm. California. I mean, the whole thing is California's better cheese, which is fucking whack. I don't even get that. But like, are y'all like into dairy? Like, like, what if I said that I love cottage cheese? Is that fucked up to you too? That's totally cool with me. Okay. My mom would make cottage cheese lunches with like pepper on it, some tomato slices. Yeah. Actually, she likes to save the crumbs from, like, cracker boxes, and then we'll, like, put those crumbs on top of cottage cheese. Wow. So, like, we, like, I grew up eating a lot of Triscuits, and so she, like, <laughs> has the garden herb Triscuits, which are my favorite Triscuits, and she saves the crumbs in the bottom of the bag to put on cottage cheese. Wow. That's next level. She's kind of a weirdo, but she's also, like, yeah, next level, and she's, like, you know, very thrifty, Midwest yeah. girl, yeah. old daughter yeah, 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 of her yeah. family, you know, Ball love her to up. death. <laughs> but... Yeah, I love cheese. I don't know. The whole happy California cows thing, that's all like super advertising capitalist uh, bullshit. Oh yeah. 100%. I'm sure there's good yeah, I'm it's... sure there's good cheese in like Napa and raised on like farms further north in California. But like most of the food being produced in Central California is like being produced as cheaply and efficiently as possible to make a ton of money because their labor's getting more expensive and because they're like getting screwed over by having like all these pests and problems with bees and like all those people are super dumb and support trump as well which is just making their lives harder and so like yeah central california food feeds a lot of the country and world but the good shit's in northern california especially for cheese yeah i love cheese i always love when someone on this podcast just goes on a furious rant against capitalism it just makes (laughs) us feel we're doing our job right oh of course. Well, the thing is, is like when I got into DIY culture, like that's the kind of stuff 
that opened me up to new politics because like in high school, like I was just some dumb kid who was raised a Republican and was like, well, libertarianism is kind of interesting. Uh, and then someone was like, Hey, check out like anarchism and leftism and, and like through the lens of punk. And I was like, Whoa, okay. This makes sense. Like this is like where I like discovered like myself a bit and like was able to make friends for music and made th friends through politics. And when I went to school, I was part of like the like the UC tuition hike protests and like food not bombs and stuff like that, yeah. which I learned about through the DIY scene yeah. and through kids in like Santa Barbara and San Diego at like the Shea Cafe and at the Bico Garage in uh, Santa Barbara, like and at the end of high school. So right as I left high school, I learned about leftism and anarchism, and like changed my it's world. So funny! It's so funny that you mentioned libertarianism because like I got I I got like radicalized left wing super super early like. Um, but when I was like getting more and more like educated on the subject matter, I still always had like this soft spot for libertarians. Like I was like, you know, I think they're like right on the edge of like figuring it out, you know, like they're this close to being woke, not broke. You totally think uh, that in high school. Yeah. That's what I thought in high school. Yeah. And the, the thing is like, and I just, it just occurred to me like, last year why i have like such an issue with libertarianism and why it's like so frustrating that they're this close but they'll never get there is because you can't be socially liberal and economically conservative because yep. like you can you ha if you if you are socially left-wing you have to be economically left-wing as well because the economics impact the social factors thank you yes that's just the bottom of the fucking line exactly Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like, leftism and, like, learning about anarchism, that kind of stuff, totally, like, revealed these weird fissures of, like, how libertarianism was, like, actually kind of fucked up. Yeah. And, by, yeah, by the time I was at Berkeley, of course, you know, communist Berkeley was all into the lefty stuff and took classes about Foucault and all that good stuff mm -hmm. with, like, people who, like, you know, worked with him in the 80s or whatever. And, like... <laughs> Learned you know, like Poe, a lot from like, had a libertarian phase. people like it's true. Yeah. Uh, but like I learned a lot from being I learned a lot from like doing stuff in person with people. Like when SB ten seventy passed, like we were part of like hunger strikes and when like they tried to raise tuition, we did building occupations. And when Occupy happened, we took over a farm and like ran a community farm. So like doing things in person is like always what's mattered to me and what I feel like has defined me, but it's kinda hard to like talk to people or tell people about that stuff without sounding like I'm bragging which is like what I'm essentially doing right now <laughs> <laughs> but like that's why I do stuff in my local music scene like why it was important for me to open a venue and like I don't know why I just do shit constantly because I think that's where a lot of like the power lies in like doing things I don't brag about stuff I just uh, slam dunk on people I think are stupid <laughs> like, <laughs> like libertarianism is literally just the ideology of oh I really like weed but I hate poor people and minorities oh yeah no no like legitimately though like that's really fucking cool that like because to me punk and DIY was always about direct action whether that yes. be politically or musically like it's all about yeah. organizing your fucking community and realizing that you can do something outside of the fucked up system that we live in Mm -hmm. You know that we can we can like actually affect change, which is something the hippies were never able to do. You know, right? Uh, That's why I hate when people call me a hippie. 
in comparison to the hippies, like you can, you there's like a huge long track record since the 70s, 80s, 90s of all these fucking punk rock hardcore kids, you know, actually getting into politics and getting shit passed and like starting nonprofits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it was like, a, like, um, I think it was a uh, Mike Fight, around Fight Fight Records, that distribution label back in the 90s. Um, he said, behind every successful venture is a hardcore kid. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, I think with like, I mean, I talk about this on the podcast, on my podcast a lot with guests. Like, the internet has changed things a lot. I've had some episodes where we talk about touring in the 90s or to even touring in the early 2000s, and it's people are very accessible to each other now and touring is like totally different beast when you're like booking and like excuse me making the connections for it but a lot of the kids who like i think discover stuff or discover music on the internet or the sub like the big takeaway i think a lot of them aren't getting because no one talks about it is like doing things in your local community like people like oh there's no emo bands by me or like mom jeans isn't coming to my town (laughs) well it's like start booking some shows and find some local bands because if you have bands that can play and kids don't want to go to shows mom jeans will come to your town they will fit it in their schedule they're the kind of band that like is cognizant enough to be like cool we have a pocket of fans who like are putting in work to their own local scene because they want us to come like and here's the thing pretty rad you know I definitely like do occasionally see posts on the sub like, hey, what's the scene like in blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's definitely like some people who are like active in their local scene, of course, like especially D.C. D.C. is all over the fucking sub like that Mm -hmm. local scene is strong. Um, But by comparison, I, I hate folk punk. But like way back in the day on the folk punk subreddit, somebody was like, there's no folk punk bands in my area what do I do? And every single comment was start a band. You fucking idiot. (laughs) Yep. Does that, that's, that's the long and short of it. Uh, if you want to do something right, if you want to get something done, do it yourself. DIY. I mean, I want cool touring bands to come to orange County. And so like my venue, like I'm always trying to like make everything better. Like we have like no money to make things better, but like any little thing I can try and do between taking care of bands giving touring bands places to stay even if they don't play the venue you know, like i have people just like stay over there overnight if they need to because like when i go somewhere in the future or my friends go somewhere in the future like i want them to be treated like that in other local scenes and i want people to feel inspired to make their local scene better and, like whenever i'm on tour i love talking to people who are like going to the shows or like trying to make things happen where they live and like it's so inspiring to like meet and talk to those people and so like i want to be that person that can inspire others as well I'm sorry to change the subject, but I'm like really self-conscious about my chewing noises. So every time I'm chewing, I'm like flipping my mic like all the way up to the side of my headset. And oh then, my gosh! Yeah, the headset. And then mic. swallowing, and then trying to move my mic down <laughs> time to talk like in a reasonable amount of time to respond to whatever you're saying. <laughs> it's a real, it's a real like, it, it's, a, it's a strategy game. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Do y'all remember that Tazon Day video where he's like, I yeah. move away from the yeah. mic to breathe? Chocolate That's rain. what I keep doing. I keep moving away from the mic to, like, chew. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay. Well. The only snack left is this, uh... The, the kettle the chips. Kettle chips. Which I didn't even get Korean barbecue. I'm sorry. I'm so it. bummed, you... The... I'm so bummed you weren't able to find them because, like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of kettle chips because I don't really, like eat too many chips that much i would actually probably say like sun chips are my favorite chip but uh what flavor you know 
the the original flavor. Original yeah, flavor good. of Sun Chips. It's good. Just love it. Just love it. But yeah, someone talked about the Korean barbecue kettle chips on the podcast in episode three. I feel like it was mentioned somewhere else. And so I was like, okay, I got to try them because they have them at the gas station next door. And I was really pleasantly surprised. So this that's why I suggested. experience here with Korean barbecue. I, I've honestly never had Korean barbecue in my life. So Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Got it. I mean, if you eat meat. You gotta try them. It's mm-hmm. a crazy experience. You eat me. I got this these salt and pepper kettle chips, uh, which are like my they're they're definitely my favorite type of kettle chip. So I was like, if I can't find Korean barbecue, I guess I'll just go to the old favorite here. Hell yeah! You know this. I think the jalapeno kettle chip uh, is actually like disgusting. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like this I'm is not. I'm not a fan of jalapeno flavored things. I like the I like the jalapeno cheese. It. That's it. I like guacamole flavored things. I mean, I'm from California, so it makes sense. But like the guacamole Takis are so damn good. I need to have those. Y'all like Takis? Takis I love are damn. Takis. I love Takis. hot Cheetos. Takis, Takis get you clout. Takis Sorry. get you clout. I was chewing, but fuck Takis. No, I'm not done with them. Yeah. <laughs> Someone doesn't want clout. I don't want clout. <laughs> I got too much of it. Take it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I, I don't think no, I'd give see, these a seven out of ten. Yeah, I I'd go eight. I mean, I couldn't Should eat I a whole big bag, but the, like the the individual size serving bag, I can I can eat that whole bag on like a drive and feel great. Oh. But I also love Korean barbecue, and like there's some obviously like really great Korean barbecue places in Los Angeles because there's a big Korean community, and like they're like cheap too. That's the other like awesome part. And they're like cheap and delicious, and you just sit there and just like eat. For hours, go outside, smoke a joint, come back in. Great. Oh, love it. All right. So you just said uh, go outside, smoke a joint. Do we want to talk about, like, weed culture being endemic within emo culture now? You know, I was thinking about that on the way here because, like, as I was, like, coming back to my house, I was like, oh, I got to, like, toke one really quick before I go up and eat a bunch of food. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Dear High Times Magazine. <laughs> Sponsor me, please. Yeah, I wonder if High Times has, like, like you know, like, the letters to Penthouse where they, like, write down, like, a sexy fantasy. Oh, yeah. And whether, whether High Times has something like that, except it's, like, the, the, this time I was at, like, a fucking 11, man. Um, <laughs> oh. I know High Times has done some weird music collaboration stuff. There was this guy who used to come to shows in the Orange County scene who was, like, a little older. He actually played guitar on James Blunt's famous album, but, like, he used to work at a DIY venue in Brooklyn called Soundfix and then another one here in Orange County called AAA Electra 99. And he was like, yeah, I was working with this label, which was, like, the original label that put out Elliot Smith's music. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, like, do, like a special fle- it wasn't to do a special flexi for high times and it wasn't with Elliot Smith it was a reissue of some other old like maybe it might have been like a ska record or something they had put out in the 90s on that label what, what was but it like, Kill Rockstars no 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 huh? Elliot Smith had a different label that wasn't Kill Rockstars for a while that was what like what the fuck oh God, was I can't, it <clears throat> can't remember the fucking name right now I mean here I'm gonna guy... search it because I remember hearing about something like his very first album got reissued by, by Kill Rockstars Wait, was it the... Bongload? Bongload Custom, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like that label had done stuff with High Times where they like put like flexies in their magazines and stuff. And the guy who was like doing all this shit for them was like telling me how oh there's all this corporate money out there for like getting sponsorships and like getting people to like pay to like get your music released and recorded and like this dude was like always trying to convince me like there's all these like ways to get like free money by just like giving in to corporations basically <laughs> and like it was such a turnoff but like it was so weird because he had this pedigree of like working in all these like cool DIY spots but he uh, runs something with like Glenn Campbell's son or something what? and yeah played on a James Blunt record and used to tour with James Blunt after You're Beautiful became a huge hit so sometimes you do DIY and then you go on to bigger things Sometimes you do <laughs> DIY, and sometimes DIY does you. Just, yeah, there's been lots of weird stuff to come out of Southern California. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about that band Something Corporate lately. I feel like a lot of yeah. people have been mentioning Jack's Mannequin and Andrew McMahon for some reason. I don't know, oh, maybe yeah, he's like McMahon doing some big... were like a thing for a hot minute a year ago. I feel like, yeah, there must be some new thing related to them happening because I keep seeing them and something corporate popping up a lot and it's not surprising because they're like they were a local band but I wish something corporate would do like more than one show a year they play on like a, he plays on like 11-11 and he'll play some of the something corporate songs like Constantine but otherwise okay. like yeah I love that band something corporate they were like so, the OG like Orange County emo piano rock band here's the thing I fucking love like everything in transit by Jack's Mannequin, I love that album. But the literally oh, yeah. the only, the only something corporate song I've ever heard is Constantine. You've never well, seen. Yeah, if you, you have no Jordan idea what they sound like. Yeah. yeah. What? See Jordan. That's a good song. It's nah. a great song. The there's the words in the song title spell. Fuck you, right? Oh, word. <laughs> I get it. It's 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 really clever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you know you could, uh, some, some corporate was definitely like a piano rock band there was a couple like that i mean i definitely in county right at that wrong. time straight in front of them copeland like I, I know a little I bit wearing like a something corporate or uh what was the one you just said before copeland straight uh light run. straight run yeah whenever i see people wearing like something corporate or straight light run like one of those t-shirts i'm like this person definitely owns like Billy Joel's greatest hits on CD, cassette, and vinyl. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, piano rock is their game. Yeah, oh, um, you gotta be you gotta be picky with the with the with the clothes you wear, with the bands you rep. Like, if you wear a Saves the Day shirt, that that's saying, oh, or sorry, you wear like a Bane shirt, and you're saying, hey, you know, hardcore runs in my blood, sure, but I'm not like <laughs> above listening to a little Saves the Day to get in touch with my sensitive side. You know. <laughs> So, you have to be very careful with how you communicate yourself to the world. So my favorite shirt that like fits me perfectly is a blood for blood shirt that I got for free when I was interning <laughs> at like Victory. And I wear it so oh my much God. people try and talk to me about blood for blood. I'm like, I just really like this shirt. Oh my gosh. Uh, over the last I, like year or two, I've been trying to acquire shirts that look like uh, the shirts the Beach Boys would wear when they perform on TV in the 60s. So they're just like white and blue like vertical striped shirts yeah because it's just it's very neutral to wear something like that in southern california and you still look hip the kids still think you look hip when you wear that kyle you seem like the type of person who like wears a thrasher hoodie and doesn't even skate 
<laughs> why? Why would you say that? About me? That blood for blood shirt. <laughs> Can you even name a blood for blood song? They have a song called Blood for Blood, right? <laughs> Does it count? Unfortunately, they do. But that's the one that I know. But no, I don't like, literally, I don't like dude, either. Dude, dude, dude in the warehouse is like, "Do you want this shirt?" And I'm like, "Sure." And then I was like, You're "Fuck, like, this fits perfectly," and I still wear it. Yeah, I do think that their like big song, whatever, "White Trash Anthem." I love, I like that song. Um, even though it's like, I feel like the lyrics could get kind of problematic, but I don't. Blood for Blood are a weird band because you could totally. They could totally be construed as a racist band, even though I don't think they were, to my knowledge. Like, all the lyrics about white trash was mostly just about, like, the classism aimed at, like, poor white people. Mm -hmm. But I can definitely see, like, white power idiots getting behind Blood for Blood, which is probably why I never got super into them. Oof. Well, that and the, the, the fact that they sound like fucking Motley Crue trying to be hardcore. That's also why I don't... <laughs> I definitely did not really like what I heard by them. <laughs> yep, never listened. Never will. They're very oi. They're very <laughs> oi influenced. They're not really like heavy hardcore. They're like the they're like more agnostic front type, like whoa oh hardcore. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of like like white power like racist bands and like racist <laughs> shit like i'm from orange county where like there's like been like a big there was like a big skinhead and like you know like you know white power music scene that isn't like really as existent anymore but like no portland there are like they're problem with it too yeah yeah they're yeah. like uh there's lots of alt like new alt-right kind of groups popping up in southern california especially down near like san diego and like southern orange county and me and some of the people from bridgetown were actually like kind of like keeping track of some of these folks because they were calling themselves the diy division for a while uh... they changed the name since but they literally were calling themselves the diy division it was just a bunch of like straight white meathead dudes who like were posting like tradition honor athleticism like shit like that and like totally cloaking it and like yeah and cloaking it in like the look and like the terms of like hardcore and straight edge one of their things i think was sobriety it was like it was a no, crazy sobriety is a big thing with the alt-right types like and i can definitely see because like um back in the People 90s there was culture. a huge huge straight edge contingent like kids who were straight edge and were also like pro pro-life and like eventually that like you get into like hardline territory where there was like a whole bunch of shit about how the only sex is procreational like the only sex we should be having is procreational which means no masturbation which means no homosexuality which means they believed in like the natural order that like women should be fucking barefoot and pregnant like there was a whole there that was like a big deal in the in the 90s in hardcore there was like a lot of controversy around that shit that actually stemmed like into hardcore though like the whole hardline stuff with um, this with like it started with uh, shit. started with sean from vegan reich oh really invented, yeah he invented hardline so it, it's not something that like hardcore adopted it's something that literally came from the straight edge yeah. hardcore scene that's wild. yeah and it like I think the weirdest part of it is that it somehow also mutated into like this weird combination of like extreme like an like anarcho primitivism, like this weird survivalism type of thing, but also like 
these these really intense elements from like oppressive like religious part yeah. like, like it, it's just like a weird very cobbled together ideology i think if vegan right came out today all the kids who like jizz over power trip would be fucking on top of it though <laughs> that record probably sucked ass at the time but listening to it now i'm like yo this sounds like a power trip b-side <laughs> i love hearing stories about like krishna core and whenever like tom or someone else talks to someone who was involved in like the Hari krishna hardcore stuff like those stories and like hearing people talking about like oh we did like prayers and ohms before or during sets like i would love to like witness that like in person yeah i love like really really interesting and you can totally like like take a look at like the list of bands that used to be Hare Krishna hardcore bands. And you got like uh Texas is the reason all came from Krishna core band. Uh or Inside Out, which Zach De La Roca went on to rage against the machine. So oh. Zach De La Roca has roots in Krishna core. Like that shit was like huge and it's super influential. Like on a musical level. Like one oh eight and burn and shelter, like even if no one got behind the politics and the religion and uh, the I like whatever philosophies they were talking about, they were actually still like pushing the music in a in a really unique, interesting direction. I thought mm-hmm. someone should do a podcast about Krishna Core. Talk to like all the OGs. Shit. That'd be crazy. It's I still no, still it's legitimately <laughs> fucking wild. Texas is the reason it came from Krishna Core bands. Oh like, yeah, that I always would never guess on. that. Yeah. And now the only thing that vans worship now is weed. Yeah. I mean, I like weed too, but I don't write songs about it. It gives me panic attacks. Can't smoke weed. Mm. It's uh, not for everyone. People are like, everyone should smoke weed. Everyone should do like this, that, and the other, like psychedelic drugs and stuff. And I'm like, that's definitely not how this stuff works. Like, the, yeah, like I- there's a big openness to like doing or trying new stuff. And like, I don't think some people are careful. I worry about people's like safety especially with like psychedelics oh like, yeah you know like i don't know people are like, like everyone should do dmt once i hear that yeah all the time. yeah, yeah. Joe, and it's just like Rogan's no Rogan's oh uh, god yeah everyone should do dmt once and watch enter the void like <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the generic thing i always hear that that could go wrong in so many millions of ways <laughs> Seriously, oh my gosh! I'm gonna, I'm just gonna start. Every time someone says shit like that, everyone should try shrooms once. I'm just gonna comment. Everyone should try heroin once. Oh, <sighs> might not be like as addictive as heroin, but like you could still fuck yourself up if you if you don't know what you're doing. No matter what drug you're trying for the first time, you need to be in like an environment where somebody knows what you're doing and can like help you out if shit hits the fan. Yeah, hundred percent. I get like, I get so much anxiety when I like I find out that like someone at one of the, like the shows at my venue are like, tripping, and then I'm like, oh, god, like, this you're, is because you're responsible now. And, now. Yeah. and like, yeah, now I'm on their trip, and like, don't really want to be, you know. I kind of have like my own whole thing. I'm doing running a show the whole night, but you're like, hey man, I'm tripping too. You can't fucking march my belly. <laughs> 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 The toilet is broken again. The tank won't refill. Here, take some MDMA and just sit in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's funny now that like weed is illegal in California, there are some like real venues that are just letting people kind of go for it inside. Like the observatory has like the big and the small room in the big room. They don't even like harass you about it anymore. If you just light up, like we saw like home shake and like mild high club and it was just like smoky the whole time. Even like when Joyce Manor and awake, but still in bed played that big room, like people were just toking it up during the show. That's so <laughs> That's gross, honestly. Like, if that's happening, I want to be able to smoke cigarettes too. You know. All right. Oh yeah. Smoking inside so weird. It's like not a thing at all on the West Coast. So when I can do it on the East Coast, like. mm, Remember there were smoking sections at restaurants. Yep. Yeah. Gosh. Like, I grew up like the very very tail end of that. Like I I caught like the basically the transition, uh, between. Mm them asking and then not even having the option to sit and smoking right yep. yeah i remember that oh man you yeah. know i dated a i dated a girl whose mom was a smoker she had the story about like she first learned that not that the smoking and non-smoking section thing had been done away with when she tried to light a cigarette in the restaurant and they were like you can't do that and she was like but i'm in the smoking section and they're like, we didn't even ask you. <laughs> that mother was a terrible person, but that's besides the point. I just thought it was an amusing story. They actually raised the smoking age in California. And since, you know, like put on shows like a bunch of kids who go to shows got caught in that weird three year gap between 21 and 18, where like they picked up smoking and they were smokers. And now they're like too young to buy cigarettes for like a year or two. And so. That's been a funny one to watch because they get so frustrated. You don't get grandfathered around, like, in? Asking people. Nope. They did not do that in California. I got I got grandfathered in when I went to California. Uh, I was there. Really? Maybe, did you have an ass-state license? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Because, like, gas stations around here, they know not to sell to anyone under 21, regardless of uh, if they were already smoking before the law passed. But yeah, I know that's provided I know, uh, some profit opportunities for people. <laughs> I got I got grandfathered in in Chicago too when I went back and visited. I love Chicago. Me too. It's a really great town. I hear a lot of people shitting on Chicago now. Honestly, really? Yeah, because of like crime oh. and shit or what? No, no, no. I mean, like people from like other hip cities, like Austin, where I'm at now, or Portland. They're always like, Chicago's really fucking overrated, and I'm like, what? Really, oh, I'm I don't super think protective of Chicago. Super that's protective. Not true. I'm, Dude, Portland's more overrated than Chicago. Like, Portland's Portland pretty fucking, cool. Portland sucks like, so much. The white power scene in Portland is out of control. Oh, yeah. The whole Northwest like, has a huge problem. There's, like, not many all, there's not, like, not many all-ages shows in Portland either. Like, getting all-ages shows is really hard. There's not many, like, bookers in Portland. It's mostly people setting up their own shows and finding their own locals when they're on tour, unless you're, like, really cool. Uh, Portland's just weird. I don't know. I've never, like, really, really enjoyed myself when I'm there. Although the last time I was there, I got some good food and it was a nice day out, so it improved my opinion I, a little bit. But and meanwhile, I'm not Chicago, that big on it. Like it's gonna be like a good week, you know. Like Chicago just makes me feel good. Oh yeah, it's been doing our forget me not an underground emo night. So, you know, we <laughs> wanted to like tell everyone that we're so much different than everyone else because we're so fucking cool. <laughs> Cali with a K. Yeah. Cali with a K. But it's been a fun one. We have like three touring bands on this show, and one of them's retirement party. So, yeah, the emo night here in Austin is called Jimmy Eat Wednesday. It's like oh, the first day of every month. 
I don't know. That sounds like way too cutesy. Right. Uh, what I've heard is that like it's a lot of like the starting line, and that type of thing, which mm-hmm. like I can get down with. Uh, and I guess they also play like the Get Up Kids and stuff. As long uh, as it's not like Evanescence and Three Eleven. Oh Jesus Christ! Weezer. That shit gets played at other emo nights. Weezer can for get real. Played. I feel like yeah, Weezer's, Weezer's fine. Played. Yeah. It's it's fe enough. Fe. <laughs> Anyone remember the emo Facebook wars? Oh my fucking god. No. Fere. Of course I do. Of course I do. Mm. And Brian Chambly. Ugh. Brian Chambly is a piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Yo, Dude so... tried to hit me up to like distro some of his fucking screamo records, and I was like, uh, I'm not even gonna respond to you, dude. The only good thing the world is a beautiful place ever fucking did was that I bring me the head of Brian Shambly, that banner. That's the only good thing that band ever did. I cannot stand <laughs> that little fucker. There's been like a like, like some people have like d- talked to me in private about how like how shitty of a person Brian Shambly is and like the gatekeeping and awful shit he does on emo Facebook doesn't even come close to like some of the whack shit he's pulled. Yeah, that whole venue that they had just like went down in flames. Yeah, and he's and, like, he's still down here near me too. He's still in fucking Texas. Yeah. Oh yeah. He kind of shrunk in the background. I think he started hitting up people to distro the records he was trying to be a distro for because people don't want to buy from him. Yeah, that's my guess. The the heyday of non-denominational emo, U.S. emo, Nair, Nair mm-hmm. still gets talked about like in in real life conversations in SoCal. What is Nair? People still wear Nair. People wear Nair shirts to shirt to shows in SoCal. What is that? North American Dark. real emo. Yeah, North American real emo and Jesus. NDE, obviously not denominational emo. Um, and then there was what, I, Cross My Heart with a Knife as well. Cross My Heart with a Knife is a uh, was a uh, way before Facebook. Yeah. Cross My Heart with a Knife started in like 2000, 2002. Like it was hella that's early. Like the, yeah, that's like the super old school. Yeah, the Facebook group for Cross My Heart with a Knife is really, really small. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because I remember I was like, when I joined that group, there were 14 people in it. And <laughs> then um, I I got Alex Bigman to join Scram Cave. And then everyone in Scram Cave joined Cross My Heart with a Knife. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How did Alex Bigman become such a notorious character? Um. Because he invented the word scrams. Oh. Why? And he like just a huge, huge fixture in the the West Coast screamo scene. Like, re- he repped he repped the fucking Jerome's Dream Orchid ten inch skull split in a power pop song in an easy core song. You know, <laughs> like you gotta give someone credit who does that. And he's like such a fucking bro. <laughs> like. Yeah, that's the thing I always saw and noticed. I was always like, what? What's going on here? Because we were both Alex. There's a lot of Alexes in the Southern California and this California music scene and people that think other Alexes are other Alexes and it was just awkward. He's, he's the definition of like a woke bro too. Because like he's like down with like all the all the progressive shit. But sometimes when like you talk about like his breakup, he'll be like, "Ugh, you know, women, women, man." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just have. There's some. There's been some characters from. The Cali scene. I'm sure y'all are aware of Mark Chen, right? Mm-hmm. I missed I that. Uh, I think we've even talked about Mark Chen on the podcast before. 
Have we? Dude, winter break, summer vacation. Uh, he used to have some old project called like CDX or something that you can like find YouTube videos of. Like he had that distro for a long time that was really great, and like the zines and the sc- the month of screamo thing. Mm-hmm. Big shouts out, Mark Chen's a legend. Really nice, really nice guy. Smoked weed with him before. I've literally never heard anyone say anything bad about Mark Chen, which is yeah. impressive. Have you heard? I mean, I guess he's been been snarky on the internet, but everyone's been snarky on the internet. I mean, literally the entire screamo scene is just composed of shit talking. So, like, I'd expect, (laughs) I'd expect like someone to have talked shit to me about Mark Chen by now, but no one. No. Did you ever listen to that podcast better yet? Yes. Did you listen to the episode with Mark? Yeah. Yeah, where it like got weird all of a sudden. They like paused and ended the interview and then like brought it back because he was just like. It was something like the way that he was being portrayed. Do you remember that? So I remember Tim saying something at the beginning of the episode, being like, "Oh, there's a weird part." And we pause, and then when we listen, when I listened to it, I was like, "This doesn't sound that weird or off." I, yeah. I think Tim maybe just had never met Mark before, because like I had obviously like met and hung out with Mark in person at many many shows and booked sure. his panda shows, so like. It didn't seem that off to me, and then suddenly they cut the conversation, yeah. and I was like, it didn't seem that weird. I mean, Tim tries to, like, dig really deep, and some people don't want to be dug into immediately. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I just think that it was maybe just, like, something more noticeable in person. Than you could. When you're sitting face-to-face with someone, like, it's so much different than, like, what I'm doing now, staring at the computer screen, like, talking. Yeah. So I can imagine, like... If you haven't met Mark before, like it might be a little, a little different than talking to your normal like, music fan yeah. or your normal band that you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. But Tim did such a great job. I'm so bummed he's like not putting out new episodes for a minute here. Yeah. Big inspo. Yeah, I love Big that inspo. podcast. I've never listened to Better Yet. I'm assuming I should. Yeah, it's it it's honestly like long form interviews, digs deep. Yeah, it's it's like he's like basically nosy. Like it's it's like crazy how like deep and how he wants to like dive into everything that they bring up and stuff. It's crazy. Is he like he's like you made it weird level? Like No. The Pete the Just Pete before Holmes. that. I mean the Pete Holmes. Just podcast. before that. Okay. Pete Holmes does you made it weird and that shit gets like really, really deep. Uh No, he's not doing Nardwar. He's more no. doing like emotionally deep and probing. No, that's what I'm like, talking I, about. But I, like, I've not he doesn't ever push anyone over the point. He's pretty good at like recognizing, I think, and like, you can clearly tell Tim really listens to all the music yeah. that he like talks about, and so like that obviously gives him a huge advantage in like finding that line really well. Yeah, and it's very impressive to me because I just try and find Nardwardy kind of stuff about the people I'm interviewing, and then like <laughs> drop it on them, and then edit out the part where they're like, "Oh, dude, that's so funny that you found that." Because <laughs> I'm like, "Come <laughs> on, don't ruin it for me here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, like Tim, I do that with Casual Friday. Tim will show up with like lyrics and like want to dive into those, and that's just like more than anyone will do with interviews on mm-hmm. podcasts, which I think is cool. Just like, yeah, I mean, like Turned Out a Punk gets really deep, but like, I stopped listening the to that. Kind, not not the kind of deep that Tim gets into. So definitely think more people should have been giving him props, and hopefully he comes back. Really good but, guest selection, too. Mm, hmm Oh, yeah. I mean, his guest selection is the only reason I found it. I wasn't even really that into podcasts when I found his. And he was talking to Walter, et cetera, and diners. And I was like, whoa, 
two like awesome West Coast people that like no one I know really talks to, and people don't talk about them that much, but they're really great bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then he'll also get like the the guy from Pup, and he also got Travis from Piebald, and yeah, uh, and, and Brendan mm. from the Lawrence Arms, and yeah. I was listening to his episode with Roswell Kid recently because I was like tweeting at Jordan, and I was like, oh. This is someone that everyone says will be good for my, good to be on the show because like, there's tons of food references in the music and like obviously yeah. he did that Jordan breakfast thing or whatever. Jordan's omelets. Jordan's omelets, yeah. So I gotta get I gotta get him on my on my show. Yeah. Hey, but you never asked us about Sheets and Wawa, and I can't say anything because I've never been to one. You never been to Sheets? Never been to Sheets or Wawa. They aren't they they aren't over here. That's true, I guess. Well, we did actually talk about some gas stations earlier, because that's yeah, essentially yeah, that's... what they are. It's just gas station convenience stores. Yeah. Also, Wisconsin has quick trips, but they're K-W-I-K quick trips. <gasps> that one. Yes. That's okay. Those are in Illinois, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. They're really good. Really? Mm-hmm. I always felt like they were, like, knockoffy. But they have their I'll own. Have to try it when I'm back in the Midwest. They have their own brand of like chips, and they have Quick Aid instead of Gatorade, and it's all great. It's all like super cheap. I'm also a cheap ass, so like it's perfect Ditto. for me. Um, I'm trying to think what else is quick. They have Shit. like hot food that's like decent. Like they'll 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 have chicken sandwiches and uh, cheese filled breadsticks, which are dank. So. Whoa. Okay, yeah, the cheese filled bread six cents dank. Yeah. I've also had the other quick trip like three or four years ago or whenever. They've upgraded. Those other ones have upgraded, the ones in the southwest. Okay. And that's what everyone I talk to on the podcast says they are better than they used to be. And they are definitely trying to do the Sheets Wawa touchscreen thing as well. Oh really? Yeah. And I totally noticed that, yeah. I noticed that on the tour I did in March and like yeah. One of the guys, I think it was in Young Lovers, like went up and used the touchscreen and I was like, Oh well quick trips at that level now like cool but we still don't have any gas stations in california that are at that level like all the gas station convenience stores just suck here i mean there's some truck stops that are okay but like it's just abysmal man it's abysmal we don't have bucky's either ellie have you gone to bucky's yet i have not i have not well put that on your list Okay. They are crazy. They're like it's like a Walmart in the middle of a, like a one or two hundred pump gas station. Holy it's shit! Crazy. Okay. But they have a lot of their own branded flavors of like beef jerky, fudge. Fudge. Uh, is wild. They have like like a bazillion things on tap. Like they have Arizona iced tea on tap. What? Like just, <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is it yep. better on tap? Um, I tried it, but I only had like a little spritz of it, you know, in the bottom yeah. of my cup. But I don't really drink Arizona iced tea normally. I just, like, was so shocked that I just, like, had to try the different flavors coming out of, like, a soda tap instead of, like, a bottle or a can. But, yeah, Bucky's is crazy. I I bought, like, a bunch of, like, stickers and Bucky's merch. (laughs) I have a shirt that says, uh, got beaver nuggets. And on the back (laughs) it says, it'd be a whole lot cooler if you did. I don't fucking get it, but it's great. That's a reference to Dazed and Confused. Oh, it is? Yeah. Well, uh, oh, first my scene, God. The first scene no. with uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, and he gets in the car. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. You got a joint on you, man? Nah, don't, man. Be a whole lot cooler if you did. That's 
That's what it's referencing. Oh yeah. my gosh, I love this. You're blowing my mind. That that's great for a stoner like me. Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of stoner movies. I don't I love smoking weed, but I don't like I don't watch movies in general, but I don't think of Days and the Confused as a stoner movie at all. Um, really? I feel like people have said it kind of is. I don't know. No, there there's like two very strong opposing sides of this argument. Um, <laughs> it's, well, okay. it's just this one. Um because there's the people who are stoners and love the movie and see it as a complete stoner movie. But I just think of it as like a coming of age film. Totally. 100% okay. with you on that one. Yeah. It's just, it just feels cause you get, you get like the two sides of the generation gap. You got the people who are entering the last phase of their high school career and you're getting the people who are entering high school. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the contrast between those two very different transitional periods of your life. And it's, like the only real stoner character is uh, Rory Cochran, uh, Slater. Yeah, he's the only real stoner in that movie. That's well, also the uh, movie that made me realize I uh, uh, must forever and always hide my love of dad rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't hide mine. Oh man, my band, like the my band I play with, is like soft rock, soul, like that kind of stuff. It's not like Mac DeMarco chorus core shit, but it's like <laughs> mellow, like diners, like that kind of like stuff i love I yacht rock i, I love know. yacht rock i love disco like oh man i think <sighs> now now that we're like far enough away with like the 60s and 70s in the past i think the definition of dad rock has shifted um it has. like 60s and 70s stuff mm-hmm. has always been classic rock and i can still get down with classic rock right or some of it but now dad rock is like the shit from late 80s early 90s like that, like yeah, radio. I've noticed that that's changing too, and I don't yeah. like it because that's I don't think of that stuff as much as like dad rock. Yo, you want to hear like, something fucking wild? The Pixies are dad rock. The Pixies what? are fucking dad I rock. I thought they're yeah. just dads that rock. Yeah. <laughs> Do any of them have kids? I don't know. <laughs> Who's even in the band anymore? No, I think of it. I think it's of his dad rock band as in like, you Steve know, Miller bands band. that dads really like. Yeah. Like Ario Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. Like Boston. <laughs> my dad gave me a spirit cd when i was like 19 he's like you might like this band they have a horn section because i yeah, had like a punk band with horns in it this generation <laughs> of like 30 year olds like they grew up listening to fucking sebado and whatnot yeah. on their college radio stations so now dad rock is, yeah now dad rock is like archers of loaf and guided by voices etc it's like Dad Rock just gonna be like a continually shifting definition, but everyone still like in a way pins it back to like the sixties, seventies, and eighties. Like I don't know yeah. if I'm cool with that. I I'm, I, I think I might have to just stop using the word dad rock and just go back to saying soft rock and yacht rock all the time. I mean I think Arctic the Dad Rock is a term like, I gave into. Arctic monkeys are like this close to being dad rock. They're like oh, this God. close, really? aren't they? Muse too. Oh. Muse. Muse. <laughs> I almost think of Muse is more like a prog band. <laughs> yeah. Really? Muse is like, I think of Muse as a bad band. Uh, Muse is like definitely going to be what Dream Theater was or is. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. also hate Dream Theater. Well, um, yeah. I, mean, I hate prog. Like almost no, all I like. Prog. I like some 70s prog. I like a lot of like the English Canterbury prog stuff that has like the jazz influence. I like that stuff. I like jazz. Okay, I'm so I'm drinking this. I've been drinking this kombucha since I finished the Topo Chico. Whoa, you're finishing in it. Yeah, well, I've been drinking this kombucha like literally because there's nothing else to drink now that the Topo Chico is gone. 
Um, uh, see, I don't want to. I don't want to get up, right? Uh, and every time I take a swig, I get like the smell of it in my nose, and it just smells like raw piss. Like, <sighs> I cannot stand the smell, but like it tastes fine. I can deal with the taste. I don't know if I'm gonna finish it. I'm about like halfway, halfway done. Maybe a little over halfway. I w- I wouldn't blame you, honestly. I bought a four pack of Tofu Chico, and I'm about to open the fourth one. And I really. I'm gonna have to really pee after this. I can't. I, 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 I can't. Should yeah, we take we a pee break probably... quickly? Please. I mean, yes. It's been two hours. It's been two hours. We might have to. Okay. Take a pee break, and while we're peeing, we'll think about like what we want to close up with. All right. Okay. Sweet relief. We're back. I'm back. All and right. now I can just open up this last Topo Chico. No problems. No worries. Hey Alex, can I can I tell you something? That's just been yes. like, this has been like on my mind since like we first started talking on, through this podcast. Your voice just reminds me so much of Tom Mullins. Like it's not even funny. Really? Yeah. I th- I think it's just like your general inflections too, like the way you like accentuate certain words and like the your uh, emphasis in the places you get like excited while talking. Like it was super duper reminds me of Tom Mullins. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I've like I'm that's exactly what Tom would say. Holy shit! And exactly how he would say it. <laughs> I've gotten like a bunch of compliments from people. Like actually, Tim from Better Get was like, "You have a really good speaking voice." And, and like Brian Morganti, and I was like, "Well, I did MUN in high school and college, and so I learned how to do public speaking." And that's part of the reason, like, I thought doing podcasts would be good because I did college radio too, and I was like a college radio DJ for a while when I was in school and so I was like this is like really up my alley so I've been enjoying it but that's kind of funny yeah you've got that in your background I know Kyle's done podcasts and and other stuff before and I did a stand up for a long time so I think we all really really yeah yeah we all have pretty good uh public speaking like pretty good articulate voices for it I think yeah I do notice there's like certain genres of voices like I remember who I can't remember who you remind me of, Kyle. You remind me of someone I was listening to. I want to say they were like being interviewed on Better Yet or something. I was like, this reminds me of Kyle's voice. Wow. <laughs> oh, no, That's... no, James Cassar. That's who it is. Oh. You and James Cassar. Your voices sound similar. That's what it is. I Sorry. can see that. Yeah. He's yeah, on you, modern you, you guys have a little bit similar voices. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's pick out of all the snacks and stuff we tried. What was your favorite and why? Yerba Mate is God tier, so I'm going to, like, rule that one out. Yeah, well, fuck you guys, all right? Because <laughs> I, cause I didn't God tier. I was going to rule it out, too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the Doritos. Yeah, that's my pick, too. That's the thing I keep coming back to is the sweet, spicy, chili purple Doritos. These things are just great. I, I the, really like the flavor is super unique. And this is the first time I tried them, so that was that was a really cool experience. But for me, it's definitely a toss-up between that new, unique, awesome flavor and like my old standby of like the salt and pepper kettle chips, which like. Mm-hmm. But that that wasn't even an option for this episode, so I'm gonna go with the purple Doritos. Okay, and they're vegan. See, we chose the vegan food too. We're so good. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're so woke right now. <laughs> Love it. We're so in touch with our bodies. Topo Chico, Vegan Doritos, Yerba Mate. This is the trifecta that I'm I'm in love with today. Thank you, guys. 
Thank you both so much, Kyle and Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We really Happy appreciate this opportunity. This is actually really fun. I'm so glad. Like, it's cool when people, like, acknowledge that you're doing, like, something rad. Like, when y'all were like, dude, great show. And, like, when I got, like, my first email from someone I didn't know, it, like, it just feels so cool. So, thank you all. <laughs> of course. Kyle, I, I'm personally angry at you because I was looking through the Twitter DMs and you were absolutely the one who brought up kombucha and said that we should talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So well, in preparation for that, I fucking bought kombucha, you asshole. I'm surprised it's never been brought up on this podcast because I feel like people, I like people on the road need something to kind of like make them feel okay. And I feel like Yerba Mate does that, but kombucha is like next level, like cleanses your body and all that stuff, um, gets rid of, I mean, it kind of counteracts all the garbage that you eat. True. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's expensive. Um, it seems a little scary. I would have thought I would have talked about it because, like, being on the West Coast, like, kombucha, health food. Health food's, like, obviously a huge thing in, like, the West Coast. But uh, one fun kombucha fact related to, like, DIY is uh, you guys know Walter, etc. Yeah. Walter yeah. Eddie's makeshift orchestra. Yeah. His older brother runs a small batch kombucha company here in Orange County. That makes called King sense. Tide Kombucha. And their shit's really good. And at some point, they're going to bring a keg to one of like the shows in my venue when we find like a good banger. <laughs> I've been trying. Okay, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out because you were asking me earlier, what does the kombucha taste like? It tastes like Walter, etc. That's what this kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> I taste this kombucha. It like I feel it on my tongue. A little bit of a little bit of carbonation there, and I'm I'm just feeling fucking Walter Mitty in my head. <laughs> yes. I love that Walter etc. record. That was like one of my favorite records last year. That record got a lot of recognition in like a lot of different niches too. Folk punk kids were really into Walter etc. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And the pop punk kids too. Like it wasn't just like a like a R emo thing. Really? Whoa. It's always blown my mind. Like, I mean, I've met those folks before, and like in Portland, they weren't like a huge Portland band. But then they come back to Southern California, where they're from originally, and went to high school, and the shows would be crazy. You would have hundreds of kids packed into a warehouse, everyone singing along, people crowd surfing the entire set, like people spilling out the doors of the warehouse. And like I would hear from them that it wasn't always like that in other parts of the country, but certain cities they have just huge followings and huge shows. And there's just California groups like that. Just Friends was the same way. They yeah. come to Southern California, and we'd have these crazy shows. I threw Just Friends shows in record stores that could not even fit like 100 people, but we'd squeeze 150 people in, and people would be crowd surfing. Like the, the picture from the promo tape is from a show I did at Beatnik Bandito, which is this tiny little record store here. And we had 150 people in there. And like, there's just certain bands from the West Coast. It's so interesting. Hey. I love all those bands. Alex, so we've been considering taking quotes from the episode um, and making them the episode titles. I would like to nominate Kombucha Tastes Like Walter, etc. to be the title of this episode. I'm, I'm backing that. You back that word. I back that. I, I'm just going to start saying yerb instead of word. I think that works. <laughs> oh, I like finally got my phone to not autocorrect yerb. So I can just write yerb and it not try and autocorrect it to something else. Oh, I have this problem, you know? Like, I love 
abbreviating things or making up weird names for stuff. But my phone will change it all the time. Like I try to use the word talk and it auto corrects to y'all now because I use y'all. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's just frustrating. It, it's gone too far now. Now that now that your phone like doesn't no longer auto corrects Yerb, uh, I feel like that's gonna make talking to Timmy a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can't wait to see that boy again. Yeah, uh, I think it, Sea Space Cowboy are playing a, a fest right around my birthday. They're playing September eighth in uh, Houston with like a shitload of like super heavy bands. So I'm going up there, uh, hang out with Jesse and Connie again. That'll be that'll be fun. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Sound and Fury is going on in Southern California right Sound now. Sound and Fury is yep. like literally currently going on, yeah. Yeah, there's like tons of bands and people in town, but they're all locked up there in LA. I was like hitting up Jade from Oso, and I was like, yo, stop by and smoke a blow with me, man. But once you get locked into that festival up there, it's just craziness all day. Like the videos and Snapchats and Instagram stories from it, it's just like people crawling all over each other. Something I uh, I will say, unless something has happened that I'm not aware of, and if that is the case, please like make me aware of it. Uh, I would I would much rather people go and support Sound and Fury instead of This Is Hardcore, just because like the people who run This Is Hardcore, yeah. like Joe shit. Hardcore or whatever his name, Joe Hardcore. Yeah, the people that have been involved yeah. in Sound and Fury are like pretty decent folks. I know like uh, Roy Harkin. He talks about Sound of Fury a lot because yeah. he lives in Orange County, actually. At some point, I got to meet him in person. I've been inviting really? him to shows at a venue for like months. And you ever listen to his old band, Taken? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, uh, my, the band I was on tour with in March opened that like Taken anniversary show they did back in May. And I was supposed to be doing merch for my friend's band that was opening for Taken. And it turned out that that night was my high school reunion. So I didn't get to see Taken. <laughs> I didn't get to do merch, and I didn't get to meet Ray. I actually invited Ray to DJ at our emo night tonight, but Sound and Fury is happening, so he's busy. But he said he'd do it in the future. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. And then me and him briefly talked about doing like a live episode of his podcast at my venue, like after the summer. So we'll see if that idea comes back around as well. I might have I might have gone to Sound and Fury. Like I I might have postponed coming to. Uh... I went to Austin and went to Sound and Fury instead, but Jawbreaker was happening and there was no fucking way I was going to miss that. So, I saw that was like an outdoor show. It was an outdoor show. Uh, Lemuria opened. Yeah. Um, oh, Mitch Clem. I don't know if you guys ever read Nothing Nice to Say, that webcomic back in the day, but he was the DJ uh, before Lemuria came on. <laughs> uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. Because uh, he's from he's from Texas. He's from San Antonio. Um and uh he's always like he's like legendarily known as a huge fan of jawbreaker and just brazil like there's references to it all over nothing nice to say and my stupid life like all of his comics um and he's also like a huge fan of lemuria too uh dang there's been a lot of cool openers on the jawbreaker reunion shows like in socal they had like really great locals that like some of them haven't even toured much like Mm -hmm. opened for the Jawbreaker yeah, shows, they like Post Life, like everyone should check out that band, Post Life from LA. They're really good. They opened the Jawbreaker show in LA. Yeah, they had a uh, this band called a Giant Dog. Uh, oh also yeah, Lemuria. Uh, yeah, you know them. Yeah, they've they've played Madison and the the, the they're live moment. shows great. Yeah. yeah, 
Although every time, every time I see them, the only thing I can think of is like, a, she totally choreographed every single song. Yeah. And B, like all those dance moves are from Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's <laughs> <laughs> all she, I can think of. It's because of her outfit. It's because of her was outfit. Was she wearing like uh, spandexy kind of thing? Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it was really, really small outfit. Just like, just super duper reminded me of like literally the the Rocky Horror, like that yeah. character. That's what it reminded me yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, she also has another band spirit spirit something who are also solid like i've i've seen her bands like four times in the past two years because they tour so much and i think they have some madison hookups but they're good every other member of the band was super ugly though like <laughs> the bassist had this awful like wolverine mutton chop look going on but he played the shit out of his bass solo dude and yeah. the drummer looked exactly <laughs> like how you'd expect the drummer of that band to look and they <laughs> take that what you will and they got the guitar player that has long hair, right? And looks like yeah. Hoodie. He looks like he would wear Thrasher hoodies. Yeah, he does. But he's got like the baseball hat on, like yeah. always. And his hair looks super greasy. Yeah. I'm just totally talking shit on the appearance of all these people right now, and that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the emo scene is: talking trash. That's what yeah. the everyone is. does. It people people don't people just don't acknowledge that it's happening all the time. <laughs> Uh, I, it's us, us and Samurai. We're the we're the unsung heroes. <laughs> the emo scene. Oh God! I think enough people remember, at least part of like the online scene that have been around since like the days of the NDE US emo split. Like how shitty it did get sometimes, and how like like mean spirited people were for no reason. You know, like definitely do not ever want to go back to that kind of stuff but it was, uh, there was another group right it was like north american uh wiener rock i think one of the spinoffs oh yeah there was some like pro was... wiener rock group yeah yeah, yeah yeah just like uh like super dedicated like the top shelf stuff yeah <laughs> well should we wrap it up here i think my computer's running out of memory my waveform looks really weird right now and it's just <laughs> starting to look weird yeah i think we're we should call it let's hit yeah. it it looks disjunct <laughs> i'm gonna finish this huge bag of chips too <laughs> now I got now I got like this kombucha belly and I gotta go swimming in like an hour. Oh, souls! <laughs> Wait, are you going to a swimming hole in Austin? I don't know. I don't know. Cause I hear there's some really cool swimming hole like everyone goes to, and I don't remember the name. I have no fucking idea. I'll tell. Oh. I will tell you uh, when when I get there. Cause my girlfriend was just like, "Oh yeah, me, my friend wants us to go, so we're going." <gasps> oh man, this is so awesome, y'all. Yeah, this is a really fun episode. Thank you. I'm glad I we got to do this. I'm, I've been like, as I've been recording, I've been like thinking, like, well, you guys recorded it on your end, and uh, I didn't mind. I was, I wonder what, because I always wonder what I sound like on someone else's, and like being like the more phone side of things as opposed to, you know, recording my voice like directly, and my voice is the normal voice. Because I like let's, phone voice or computer voice because it compresses so brains. well. Each That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then you guys can see how much like weird shit I cut out or how many ums I cut out. Because <laughs> I cut out ums. Yeah, I'm weird and like then you that. We're like, that shit bothers the, me. You can see all the awful shit we left in. <laughs> <laughs> all the shit talking that we that we didn't think to cut out. Yeah. Oh, wait. We And we can totally pick like different songs that will be in it. Oh, so like, cool. I've been wanting like, to do this for forever. One of them can be like the director's cut, like the extended yeah. edition, you know? 
I've been wanting to do that okay. with our podcast for forever. You guys want to do the extended one, and I'll do the shorter one because I, I don't mind like editing and cutting stuff out. And I'm I'm pretty much just I'll do like the director's do, cut if you I'm, want. I'm down. I'm down with heavy editing because that's just like I'm just OCD where like I need to cut out like if someone says um for too long like I just cut it out. Wait a second. Where are we gonna Where are we gonna put the fucking songs? We didn't do any song breaks this episode. Well, I Alex think we should usually... put one where we went pee. Oh, yeah. okay. We can put one there right. for sure. We're gonna go pee and then play some some song. Okay, I feel it. And then outro. Well, yeah, and then outro. Because my well, I'm I'll pick a random intro song, but like because I have my intro song where I just say hey what's up, and then I like crossfade to the song by the artist usually. Yeah. Where I like you know talk over that and give the bio, so. Oh, we don't have an intro song because oh. we have our own theme song. Yeah. Song for that. Yeah, yeah I know. Because they're so cool. <laughs> it don't. It's just. It's just because Matt is my secret lover. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it was cool uh, when you premiered it. There was the Chris Farron one for No Plus Ones is pretty tight, and then yeah. they killed that podcast. Yeah, but, that was a good podcast. Dan, honestly, I don't yeah, like Dan, Dan Ozzy. Just not good at hot takes though. Yeah, you don't like Dan Ozzy. Hot takes. No. I don't mind him, but like he's like just Dan like Ozzie. he's he's not as funny as he thinks he is, and he's not as like okay cool as he thinks he is. The jaded I, punk Hulk account is stuff. actually funny. That is, but that's like not Dan Ozzy's voice. I mean, yeah, it is. Yes, it but, is. But it's like it's his voice, but it's not him as like a host. Yeah, I mean, I do. It's I like, definitely remember when jaded punk was like starting. It was like starting out before it became before he started writing for Vice, basically, and like his whole. His whole thing changed when he started writing for Vice because he started being a lot more like deliberately provocative. Yeah, and I think that's that's the problem that happening. Well, sometimes like, he's like provocative in a good way, but then like he also has like the shitty Vice point of view sometimes now. Yeah, and I think he just thinks a lot of himself because he like knows he's the Vice guy, and right. Vice, Stereo Gum, Brooklyn Vegan, are kind of like the three big things you shoot for, mm-hmm. no matter who you are at this yeah. point. It's yeah. When are we gonna get a write up in between everything level? Right, I I talk to people who are like their bands, like yeah, we're gonna try and get a write up in Noisy, or we got someone who like is a writer at Noisy. Like the bands I was on tour with, like Wander and Young Lovers, were like, yeah, during the tour, like a Noisy thing's gonna drop about our split, and it never happened the whole tour. But like they were like, yeah, that's gonna be it. We don't need to worry about other press. And I was like, guys, what? I can help you do press because I'm your friend, and I want to make sure this tour goes really well, and we sell a bunch of records on this tour. Who the fuck doesn't want press more press? Records. They what? thought they were going to get a big noisy thing. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Either didn't way, for, even if you do a get a big noisy thing, don't don't ignore other fucking sources. Like, Turnstile premiered their record on NPR. Yeah. Like, you can't ignore other sources of promotion, like, just because I you mean, think you're like going to get that have, one. Especially if you have video content, like, yeah. just get that out to people because that's super easy for any blog to repost, you know? Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. It shocks me when I'm trying to like work with like bands like on my label, where I'm like, guys, like, can you make a playlist for me? <laughs> I need you to just make a playlist of songs you like, and I'll make a graphic, post it, and everything. Like, but bands can't even do that sometimes. Or I'm like, post on Reddit that this is your band's music because if your label posts on Reddit, no one's gonna look at it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't yeah. do it, right? Right? That's how it Unless works. Unless how it works. Unless you're Jake. And yeah, it, when the label it, does it, it's like, oh, you fucking shill. Yeah. 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 And I like, I get that. I, when I post my podcast, I'm just chilling for it, but I just want it to be available and so people know it exists. See, you I don't know, have that like, problem 
when I post the podcast because uh, I'm just a right, sub monitor. Right. So I yeah, can just be like, it's official. It's official. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting. Well, I also know there's like people who downvote my stuff whenever I post things just out of like either personal spite or like whatever being shitty RMO people, I guess. Like I'll there's notice a lot of those that like it goes Talking up to two and of them down right now. all day. <laughs> and like I'll notice the upvotes going up. And then I'll check back later, and then they're back down again. And I'm just like, or like it gets downvoted to zero, and I'm like, it's been up for like ten minutes, and you're downvoting this to zero. Like, who the fuck are you? Well, actually, I know who one of them is because it's someone from my local scene that doesn't like me. But like, that's, otherwise, that's like, that's the, next level petty. The, the our emo bros, like, maybe they are actually that petty as well. I don't know, but no, no, they're yeah, dude. There are some pretty petty people in the SoCal scene, <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm sure you maybe talk to Connie and other people, but like, yeah, it exists across all different uh, facets of punk in the SoCal DIY scene. Yeah, I've heard some real shitty things about Tommy Boys. Yeah, or uh, not really, not the whole band, but uh, the the singer of Tommy Tommy Boys. Yeah, that band. Well, they're not around anymore, but they had. No, they're not around. The funny part is that they had problems with Sam Pura, who was recording them, and then that brought a whole new big thing to the, everyone being like, "Yo." who's recording with Sam Pura coming soon because like he's maybe not a good person. And like m- my friends in Ridgeway were supposed to record with Sam and they had canceled their recording session and then would, wouldn't they, he can give them half their security <laughs> bug or their, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the shit about Tommy boys is really close. Hi, how are you? <laughs> she can't hear you. <laughs> yes, I'm recording. Am I in the bathroom? <laughs> yes. Hola. This is going in the director's <laughs> cut. I am. Oh, what? Really, this is going in the director's cut. <laughs> why I'm not? really happy that for once it isn't me with like all the embarrassing interruptions. Because <laughs> 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 it's always me with like, yes, I can move my car. Like, oh, oh. yeah, that's right. And then yeah. the ice cream truck. The ice cream truck? Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm just like in my nice, quiet apartment, headset, microphone. Like, it's perfectly fine. And. Locked in. Oh, it's just so nice. So nice to have the flip. Oh, I feel vindicated. <laughs> I'm almost done with this kombucha, y'all. Like, I'm I'm wow. really cool finishing it. The other thing about kombucha is that true, true. it, like, makes me less hungry. Mm. Uh, which is... Huh. Which is, like... It's like Soylent in that way, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess it's gotta be the carbonation. Because carbonation makes you feel more full, too. Yeah, like, beer mm. makes me less hungry. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's so funny when I meet other people on tour who do who like have Soylent or like use Soylent regularly, because like a lot of people still talk shit on that, and like people just like give me crap for it. Like I poured out a ball of Soylent on the like in like the gutter in like fucking New Mexico outside a restaurant once, and the next tour I was at that restaurant with the same people, and they're like, huh, "That's where you threw up the Soylent everywhere." I was like, "I did not. I poured it out of my fucking why did you canteen? Why?" If it gets warm, it doesn't taste very good anymore. Yeah. So it has to, like, stay cold. Or you just drink it fast. That's why I just put ice cubes in it, so it stays cold. So, Quick Trip That's here my favorite chapter sells of the Soylent, which is crazy to me. That Soylent's, That's like... That's starting to happen? Yeah, it's starting to happen. Whoa. Okay. That's that's some business expansion. See, I remember when they, like, a guy first developed it i was living in the bay area and he was like a bay area tech dude or whatever yeah so me and some friends tried to make it when he was posting <laughs> his original well because he was posting his original online they were like 
open sourcing like how to like find cheap ingredients in bulk what kind of ingredients to use to cover all of the like usda or whatever guidelines of nutrition and so we made our own version that kind of looked like a birthday cake batter and it wasn't that bad it didn't taste very good but we felt totally different when we went and smoked weed after drinking it <laughs> <laughs> and we had already like we already had started getting like the full feeling but then we got high on top of it and it was like whoa this feels different that's that that's essentially what converted me is like that that the feeling of like feeling full the first time we made it on our own and like being like yes this is altering your body in some way and it felt like for the better and i think it has been because the last physical i got doctors didn't say i had anything deficient except vitamin d which is probably for not enough sun don't you drive all day yeah, but I, I Crack use a sunscreen and I'm like scared. I do. I burn so easily. I don't know. Vitamin D is like a weird thing. They told me to get a supplement, and I was just like, "Why would I pay extra money for this?" <laughs> so not only do you just sunburn super easily, you also love sun chips. Like, <laughs> just so many knocks <laughs> against you. California. California, baby. What can I say? Yeah. California through and through. Because yeah, my whole family's from the Midwest, but like, I was born and raised here. Me and my brother are definitely very California. We do the whole yeah, no thing and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, Which no. I think I probably or, did a couple oh, yeah. times. In, yeah. Did I do that a couple times probably? <laughs> I I definitely do it too, though. And I'm not I'm not even from California. I just, like, have spent a long time. On, like, I have, like, a lot of, like, West Coast slang in my, uh, yeah. in my vernacular, even though, like, my accent is pretty much just, like, slight twinge of, like, that Northeastern Midwest sound um, yeah, yeah definitely yeah so, i mean i grew up playing ice hockey as well so like there's certain words that i say that sound like midwestern or canadian so like i've always said tomorrow is tomorrow and like i don't know it's weird when there's like canadian touring bands coming through and then i say something and they kind of look at me and i'm like I'm not making fun of you. Like I, I legitimately say sorry is sorry. Like I'm not like I'm trying hard not to like do it right now. But like sorry, yeah. it's, it's, it's sort of awkward. But that's because I grew up playing ice hockey. I yeah, ice and hockey you say like you don't say a boot. until like twenty. It's, it's not a boot. It's a boat. There's there's a very subtle but important difference. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, my favorite in Canada. Oh, it was so good. Oh. Dude, Kyle, last episode. Like, my accent came out full force while I was talking to Tom. Like, because his accent was so southern, I felt like I needed to, like, build up my defenses against it. Like, I did not like, see that coming. Like, like for some reason, yeah. I didn't think he would have an accent, but holy shit. Yeah. Wow, pineapple stir fry. I was not expecting that either. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool hearing him, though, because, yeah. like, he's appreciated a bunch of stuff that my label's put out recently, like the Curse League record y'all mentioned, and I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. He likes that kind of, like, more mathy shit, and I, like, I got a big love for that, and we've had a lot of, like, very mathy bands in our, like, little scene here in Orange County, and it's a bummer most of them never put out, like, really good records, but, like, we've had some banging-ass math rock shows in Orange County, and, like, just had some, like, seriously, like, amazing local bands that just never went anywhere. Yeah, Tom was, like, a great guest, and, like, all of the comments about that episode have been about him. And Yeah. Hey. He's super popular, yeah. I just loved it because, like, I, like, it was so nice to have someone on who made me feel like less of an elitist. <laughs> it was so nice to feel like I was open-minded about genres. 
And the only, <laughs> the only other time I felt like, I felt like that is with the other Tom, with Tom Mullen. Oh sure, yeah. Because <laughs> we, we got into that argument about emo trap, that little mini argument there. <laughs> He's he has such like a hard stance uh-huh. against it. But um And yeah. I'm I'm just like a contrarian asshole, so I just took the opposite stance immediately. <laughs> yeah, remember when That's we were like, happens, let's though, come right? back to the pee break and cut it off, and now it's been like thirty something minutes since the pee break. Um Well I cut mine off and I kinda tried to make it sound a little wrapping up in that ending part before I cut mine off. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs>